Blog Talk Radio. Dreams of you, dreams of you are so fine, so fine. Since I woke up, so is my state of mind. Since we've been apart, baby, God has healed my heart. And darling, your love is just like music.
to Dr. Robert X form by way of truth to power. I'm Beverly, and uh, we are looking at white supremacy in black face, a freak in Africa. Uh, greetings, Mayat Hotep, Dr. Robert X. How are you doing this evening? Uh, Hotep, Sister Bev, Hotep family, and better love. I'm doing fine, Bev. How about you? Good. Um, Excellent. You know, the same family members that wasn't listening to me a couple of years ago about the pandemic, now they all mm-hmm. over me because they going back and forth to the hospital. So uh, that's what's going on with me. That's quite, taking, quite interesting. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm the one they all coming to now. So now they want me to clean up their mess because they wouldn't listen. Uh, and you know, Bear, that's pretty much what we said would happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they are they're not in a serious any kind of serious condition, are they? No. No, not yet. But no, we they not they okay. Yeah, but well, you just know, make them you, Go ahead. No, anytime you're dealing with, you know, hospitals and schools, we know what you know, where they are the hospitals and schools, we know what's going on with that. Yes. And, and there's massive blowback against all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to be able to get away with this one. Uh, first of all, Bev, they have no salesmen. Mm. 
I've never seen a Democrat attack another Democrat the way these people are attacking the courts. Cat mm-hmm. literally has an hour at the most that he can be available for anything, and then he got to go back and go, go somewhere and go to sleep. But my thing hour. is, why are they just now attacking him? I mean, didn't they see this all the time? Or are they trying well, to jump I, ship like the rats? when the ship is sinking. I think they're trying to get ahead of this um, biographer who has written a book and was given access to the White House. Mm -hmm. And they thought that the book was going to be positive. And this is a Democrat writer. But what has happened is he's shown that this guy he has no capability to do anything because this is what he's seen in the White House. And they ain't been in panic mode behind very much else because they always got the FBI and the intelligence community running interference for them. But when you got a well-known Democrat writer who basically supposed to write a puff piece about what he saw, and he comes out and points out that Joe Biden has no business telling anybody anything because he doesn't have the mental acuity to tell anybody anything. How do you stop that? Because the book is going to come out. Well, we didn't. Most of us don't didn't do not need a book to tell us that. I mean, you can see that. The man well, got issues. He's not there. Well, he we can, but you know, your television set, and you get a whole different story coming from the mainstream media. That's the point. How many times have we seen don't... the chia pet? Mm-hmm. How many times have we seen the chia pet said that say that <laughs> they can't keep up with this dude? He got so much energy they can't keep up with him. Mm-hmm. I don't even watch mainstream media, and I've heard her say it on more than one occasion. So two things need to happen. They need to lock his whole family's ass up, and they need to take the Chia Pet and get her as far away from water as they possibly can. (laughs) Okay? She can't even tell convincing lies. Yeah, the the redhead lady, she was good at it. Went here. Yeah. yeah, because she's in the element, sitting in there with all them white people. But here you got this lesbian, this black lesbian, totally out of place. Totally out of place. Okay? She need to be, I could see her being a, a DJ uh, for Mayor Big Dick. <laughs> yeah, okay. it could be. Yeah, I could see that. If Mayor uh, Big give a give a, a a garden party, I can see the chia pet out there basically spinning records, digging in the crate. <laughs> when she ain't digging in something else, it's man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go. Hmm. Go. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. You, you got jokes today. 
No, I'm just, it's just, you know, they said Tupac was dead, right? Mm-hmm. But he's alive and well and living in Mar-a-Lago. These people don't know what to do. The, the black homosexual males mm-hmm. <laughs> are lining up to support Orange Man. You got the thug. I mean, straight up thug killers out here. They're <laughs> lining up for Orange Man. <laughs> and they got the T-shirts to go with it. <laughs> what else do they have, Bill? They got nothing. <laughs> Unbelievable, uh, but it's also truly dangerous, Bear. Yeah, it's truly dangerous. Look, they are using drones and people inside of Russia mm-hmm. to uh, attack certain areas in Russia. That's a no-no. Because they're, they know the war is over. Ukraine is through. Zelensky has one foot in the graveyard already. Because he, he's already a, a, afflicted with little man syndrome. Okay? He's a little guy uh, with no, uh, again, no offense to short people. But little man syndrome to some of these people requires that you do things above and beyond what you're capable of to show that you're as big a man as anybody else. That's Zelensky and these other midgets that are running around here sticking their chest out. Didn't didn't Hollywood used to have a lot of midgets? Still do. Mm-hmm. Still do because they're more photogenic. Tall people, you can get more of the body. You can get the chest and the head shot of a taller person, say a person six feet. Okay, and the camera can get a a a, a close up as opposed to. Uh, let me say that again. You can get a better shot with the camera from short people because you can get more of their the trunk part of their body, their chest and their stomach, and you know and that's pretty much what you mm-hmm. get in in many of the movies anyway. All right, so they prefer short people. Taller people, you have to move the camera back to get that much. Okay, you only you only gonna get a neck and head with tall people, so they would prefer uh, short people. And that's what they've used for decades. Mm-hmm. But uh, these little people, uh, because of this complex, they basically worship power. They lust for power so that they can exert that power on people that they disagree with. 
or people that disagree with them. Because that's really the only thing that they can do. They ain't have to go out here and whoop nobody's ass, that's for sure. And I tell you something else, Bear. You see a lot of these little guys out here doing all the shooting and killing. They little people too. They're young, though. So they can't box nobody. They ain't likely to whoop nobody's ass. So in order for them to feel like they're a man, they resort to shooting people. Oh, excuse me. So, at any rate, um, I, I want to try to get into the program tonight so I can finish this up. Because I tell you, bad, uh, family, I had already said that I felt like Chad was going to be the next domino to fall in Central to West Africa. And I was wrong. Didn't they do a coup? Didn't they just have a coup over there, another yep. one over there? Yes. In Gabon. It's mind-blowing. It's like, if I didn't know any better, family, I could almost swear that this is an intelligence operation that's overthrowing all of these governments mm-hmm. to destabilize that entire area so that uh, Russia and China can't get a foothold in them. But the problem with that is that the Wagner Group is already in many of these countries. And wouldn't you know it, France is right in the middle of this coup as well in Gabon. Mm-hmm. Now the Ragnar group is uh, Russia Army, right? Uh, they not legally a part of the Russian Army. Okay. They they're like a private military corporation. Uh, okay. Okay, you can call them mercenaries and uh, that kind right. of thing. Okay. Uh, but. They're the ones who have basically been uh, allowing uh, countries like Mali uh, 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 why am I running the blank? And Burkina Faso and Guinea to basically beat back their opposition. All right. And, of course, they're being paid by being allowed to extract resources, okay? But so much of Africa is underdeveloped. Countries like Russia and China have the capability to assist Africa in their transformation. And that's what's scary, really, about this entire coup complex, if we can call it that. 
because I've never seen this many coups in such a short period of time. And as I stated, uh, Chad didn't happen, but it's right in that same location. All these countries are all in the same location. It's like if somebody got a, a string from one country to the next, a cool string. If you look at the map, you 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 pretty much should surmise that there's something mm-hmm. else behind mm-hmm. this. I, and I saw the map, and they all right together. Right together, Bear. Mm-hmm. Not in North Africa, not in the southern part of Africa, but this is probably the richest piece of real estate on the planet. It's unbelievable. So, didn't have a lot of time to look into that in depth. But from what I've seen, here we go again, you got a family that's been running that country for over 50 years. Yeah. Now, how in the hell does that happen? (laughs) See, it would be one thing if these people were royalty, you follow me? Mm-hmm. That if you have royal lineage, then it's understandable <clears throat> that various cultures are going to celebrate that family. <clears throat> but this family is supposedly in power based on elections. Well, we know how they got in, how they got in there and stayed in there. Uh, white supremacy and black faith. And, and they've been uh, allowing France to suck off the teeth, okay, of this country as well. So if 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 black people are paying attention, you're seeing just how how dirty, I mean filthy, these European countries really are when it comes to African people. Watch, watch this there, family. <clears throat> Why in the hell is Jamaica, Trinidad, and Tobago? Why is it that that entire area is only known for one thing, and that's tourism? That's service. Why has there been no uh, major manufacturing and things of that nature in these countries? Why have they been designated only as areas where people can go for leisure? And here's the ugly part. They don't even own the hotels and things of that nature. They don't own the shipping lines. They get the scraps, okay, acting as guides and things of that nature for tourists who come there, working in the service industry. You could almost say that they're still in slavery. 
And who are the families and the corporations that own the uh, resorts and the hotels and things like that down in the Caribbean? You could almost equate these hotels and, and, and resort locations with plantations. Because the plantation was nothing but a service industry. And we know who owns the plantations in this country, even though you can't say it. It's mind blowing. It just literally blows your mind. But I think black people are finally waking up. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. Mm -hmm. Okay. If this is, and again, this stuff is right on top of me. So it's not very easy to, to determine because so much of the military has been trained by the United States. So many of these militaries. And or France. Um, I think we'll know better probably within the next 30 days. I can see some major things happening around the globe in the next 30 days. But there's going to be an equal, if not a bigger amount of propaganda that's going to be coming out uh, in this same time period. Because I'm telling you, family, these people are on the ropes. Black Rock is sweating. You hear me? Because the people have decided to begin to punish corporations that are pushing these misfits. Now, some of them, like Disney, I, I, I can't figure them out there. Do you know in one of the resorts in in Disney down mm-hmm. in Florida, they got two trannies greeting little children hmm. in full drag? Well, what has happened is that what was going on behind the scenes is out in the open now, so we know uh, that Disney was one of the headquarters for the pedophiles and all of that. So it's just out in the open. Yes. And I'm going to tell you something else, Bill. I think that whole pedophile thing, again, within this next 30-day time span, let's just say September, I think that thing is getting ready to blow up too. They managed to keep it under wraps with Epstein. And I, I, I read something. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, I was just saying, I was reading where somebody said that Epstein, they, he was spotted in Lebanon. Well, <laughs> what are you going to do? That's so <laughs> He was 
probably running with Elvis because you know Elvis <laughs> was a pet child too, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm in no position to, to argue with that. <laughs> All I can say is I hope he stay in Lebanon because uh, Lebanon has not been a very safe place for a long, long time. <laughs> right. So anyway, uh, let's get back to uh, – to uh, this, these freaks in Africa, okay? Okay. Echowas starting to hear that name quite often here, okay? And so, of course, I had to go and take a look and see where it came from. I know it is part of this whole NATO slash UN complex. All right? But... Uh, for me, what I was interested in is what countries are part of ECOWAS. I was really surprised some of the same countries that are having the coup right now, like Burkina Faso, Guinea, Mali, and Niger, they're all a part of ECOWAS. So we need to ask ourselves, why? And now they're being threatened by this very thing that they're part of. Something... Something is just something not right with this whole thing. Okay. Now, let me give you just a little bit of, of what this article says relative to ECOWAS. It's from the World Population Review. World Population Review. It's entitled ECOWAS Countries in 2023. And they say here under the subheading of ECOWAS countries leverage history and the resources of West Africa, they say here West Africa has a long history that predated the arrival of European explorers in the 14th century. Vibrant communities, stored, uh, storied empires, and vast trading routes existed in the, into the interior. The 19th century scramble for Africa uh, sundered these relationships to be replaced with colonial administration and rule. Now, uh, that's what they termed it back then, the scramble for Africa. And that first thing that should come to your mind was that France was a major scrambler. Right? Because there are a few of these countries where all these coups are occurring right now that France is not a major part of. They were the colonial powers in this entire area. Okay? Then they go on to say something quite interesting. 
They say when that colonial rule ended in the 20th century, with the independence of the colony following the end of uh, World War II, leaving national boundaries in their wake that had little resemblance to those earlier ethnic, cultural, and economic ties. In other words, uh, the very same thing that they did in the so-called Middle East, uh, particularly the British, where they drew up these phony lines, these fake boundaries, and they drew them up in a way where they knew it would cause ethnic tensions. They did the same thing all over the world, and that plan was co-signed by the United States, who would then go about their business doing exactly the same thing where they went and tried to gangster countries, uh, i.e. North and South Korea, i.e. North and South Vietnam, okay? They love to divide up one people, them against each other. You can call it Democrat and Republican. Okay, same people. You down here at the bottom struggling, right, while they at the top, and there's very little difference between the two. Now, what what basically punctured that situation? Here's what they say. They say, owing to the allure of nationalism being a strong one amongst recognized nations, there's been little impetus for unification and revising boundaries to better leverage their economic position amongst these 15 nations. They're talking ECOWAS. As such, forming ECOWAS affords those nations the chance to cooperate economically while maintaining their national identity and sovereignty. No, that's not true. ECOWAS is a stopgap measure. It's a system of control put in place by NATO and the UN to make and dictate the control of Africa, period. Because it's not just ECOWAS. All right? It's not just that. There are other uh, institutions coming out the UN <clears throat> that basically uh, is geared to keep Africa and Africans in a subservient position. So that's why when the United Nations program of LGBT, because that's what it is, a United Nations program, when they tried to force that on African countries and they reneged, the African countries don't buy it, then they come with the economic slap on the butt. You see, so ECOWAS is just another means of controlling the sovereignty of Africans. All of the nationalist leaders since the 1950s, same goes for here. <clears throat> 
have been assassinated or jailed. And I find that interesting because I'm very aware of certain uh, intellectual influences online. I never listen to these people, but I've talked to people who do. And they throw cold water on national. These are the people that's looking for some reparations. Okay? And it's interesting because the ones who are so adamant against nationalism got the biggest mouth, and many of them are women. And some of the men act like women. And what that tells me is that they really know nothing about the nature of people and other countries. Because most countries, damn near all of them, exist in a nationalist paradigm. Again, it was the movement that basically was the impetus for Africans freeing themselves. And then, of course, as I said directly after that, uh, they would go to the United Nations where they would be systematically either assassinated or overthrown. It's amazing. So colonialism may have been rendered, uh, I can't say impotent, but let's just call it less influential. But neocolonialism basically served the exact same purpose. first time for as many years as I've had my eyes on Africa. I'm seeing something else take place here. And I don't know if if not having borders is a realistic option for Africa. I think it's going to take time for these fake borders to be removed. All right? But be that as it may, <clears throat> let me get a little water here. I got a little frog in my throat for some reason. Maybe it's because we were on the phone last night to have the one of Fascinating conversation with the brother from Japan last night, too. Oh, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So let's go here, family. To Niger and the African struggle against neocolonialism. And this is from English.almayadine.com. A-L-M-A-Y-A-D-E-E-N dot net. Here's what they say. Niger gained independence from French colonialism back in 1960. However, it has remained ensnared with the yoke of neocolonialism. 
which is evidenced by the persistent colonial-type practices of resource exploitation, financial hegemony, and military presence. That's colonialism. Okay? And then they quote from France Fanon, uh, Wretched of the Earth, which is interesting, family, because France Fanon is one of those brothers who's held in high esteem and quoted quite often by these radical black people who have been programmed. Right? Well, what's the significance in that? The significance is, while they quote France Fanon, they're doing the bidding of the very colonialness that they claim to dislike. <laughs> so African, while Africans are having all these coups in overthrowing the real system of white supremacy, because before it was white supremacy, it was called neocolonialism. It's the same. It was called colonialism. It's the same thing. Okay? The, the term white supremacy is just another version of it, but it's the same thing. Okay? So while the black people in Africa are really trying to overthrow the system of white supremacy, the black people in this country are holding up the system of white supremacy. Back in the 60s, we were operating in the 50s. Black people around the world were operating on the same track. So it's really interesting to look at the dichotomy, the difference, the direction that black people in this country uh, are being told to go in and look at the direction that black people in Africa are going in. All right? So they quote Franz Fanon in Wretched of the Earth who said, colonialism and imperialism have not settled their debt to us once they've withdrawn their flag and their police force from our territories. That's from Wretched of the Earth. Then they go on here to say the recent events in Niger and the consequent regional implications in West Africa at large had brought back to the forefront of popular discourse the prospects of decolonization and liberation. And what they're really saying is some of white supremacy or colonialism didn't leave in the 60s because many of those leaders that were nationalists, again, were murdered, right, assassinated or overthrown. And the chief participants behind these overthrows and assassinations was the CIA, British intelligence, MI6, and French intelligence. 
Now, if that sounds familiar, family, let me refresh your memory. Those were the three, along with Australia, those were the three primary groups, intelligence groups, that basically uh, created the whole coup against Orange Man in this country. I wish I could make this up. So you see, what I'm saying is, if you really want to overthrow the yoke of white supremacy, the intelligence communities have to be taken apart. Now, along with black people making demands of Orange Man back in 2016, <clears throat> in that uh, African should uh, declare themselves a sovereign from the, the colonialists uh, with nationalism being used as a driving force. The other thing that should have happened was that black people in this country should have demanded pretty much the same thing and not wait until 2019 in the heat of the next election before they were given assurances by Orange Man that he would give uh, he would put up what, how much $3 billion as, to begin with for black people in this country do you recall that bear he's uh, when, was it when he was putting those some kind of zones in the black community. It was what he had uh, basically uh, laid out with Ice Cube when Ice Cube oh. was negotiating with him, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of black people supporting you, then what do we get? What do we get out of right. it? Right. And he said he would put forth uh, a $50 billion guarantee. And then, of course, the neo-colonialist Negroes or the the white supremacists in blackface were sent out here in force, led by that little big-eyed dude, okay, who everywhere he go, he seems to wreck stuff. I'm going to call him your friend from now on, Vera, because I really can't stand him. <laughs> That's why I can never remember his name. <laughs> Okay, Michael William Hotep's buddy. Tell the family his name, Bill. I don't know who you're talking about. You talking about the senator or who you talking about? No, no, no. I said who you talking about? one of the Negro flunkies for the Democratic Party, right? Mm -hmm. Who they always sent out here. They sent him out here along with others to attack Ice Cube, who was negotiating with Trump. And was that Al Sharpton? I don't know who they sent out here. You say he bubbleized. Did I lose you? You mentioned him yesterday, yeah. Well, you know, um, I have those moments. Yeah, so do I. He used <laughs> to be on the radio here. He wrecked it. He wrecked damn near wrecked the radio station here. Uh, then he was, uh, before that, he was at the uh, oldest black newspaper in the city, 
He wrecked that. Oh, you talking about Mark, Roland Martin? You talking about him? Thank you. I know you know him. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly who okay. I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. They sent him out here because he's a Democrat Party flunky along with mm-hmm. others. Okay. And their job was to attack Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. Billion dollar proposal. Okay? And that's what they did. And then you might recall, Bev, after they mm-hmm. stole the election around March, there's supposed to be a meeting. There was a meeting between the courts and some of these same Negroes who were pissed off because the courts <laughs> was talking about giving $100,000 to every illegal. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And that made the Negroes angry. Mm. And then Biden told them pretty much to go sit your ass down. I'll get to you when I get to you. Mm-hmm. Somebody took the meeting and released was so pissed off. But you see, from where well, I have no reason to be pissed off. Because you ain't angry about being pissed on. So if you're not angry about being pissed on, why are you pissed off? That's what happens to people who allow themselves to be nothing more than neo-colonialists or White supremacy and blackface. And what I'm trying to show the family in all of this is the same thing that they're doing to us, they're, they, they're doing to them. It's just, it just there's just a def, different cultural template that they use, but it's exactly the same program. That's why when you go down to the Caribbean, the light-skinned black people, they used to call them octoroons. How, how is it that they're always in charge? And then when you get a dark-skinned black person in place, somehow they end up getting overthrown or assassinated. Let me go back to this article. Maybe it will give us uh, some clues as to the answer to that question. They say, the coup in Niger and those in Mali and uh, Burkina Faso prior exposed France's persistent relations of colonial-type exploitation to the international public. The military coups all follow the same pattern of rejecting French neocolonialism in favor of national sovereignty. Neocolonialism refers to the systematic exploitation which outlived colonialism. It's traced back to the prospect, check this out, family, of Frank-a-freak. Introduced by Charles de Gaulle. Now, what do we? Uh, what's the subtitle to this forum there? 
a freak in Africa? Absolutely. Look look at what they just said. The neocolonialist system is traced back to the prospect of Franca Freak as introduced by Charles de Gaulle. This system, which was legitimized under the guise of decolonization, allowed France to exploit its former colonies while granting them symbolic sovereignty. They go on to say, while ranking as the eighth poorest country in the world, according to GDP, Niger is the world's seventh largest producer of uranium. Niger produces 5% of the world's output of uranium, according to the World Nuclear Association. Orano, the French state-owned nuclear energy company, formerly known as Areva, operating the nuclear mines in Niger for the past 50 years. Does that 50-year mark remind you of something, Bear? Uh, the 50 years of hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bear. <laughs> That's all right. A good answer. <laughs> no. It's the it's the 50 years that Joe Biden has been in the Senate or been in mm. the uh, positions of political power. And it also coincides with the mass assassination of the black liberation movement in this country that put us back under neocolonialists. In other words, it put us back under the control of the Negro leadership. Okay? And this 50 years has been mentioned several times in this country relative to how long black people been waiting for Democrats to do anything for them. We've all heard that figure being thrown around in the past year. The years. France has been operating this uranium mine or uranium mining in Niger. They've been extracting uh, Nigerian uranium mainly for the French nuclear industry. In 2023, Politico reported that Niger produced 15% of France's uranium imports and 20% of Europe's, all of Europe. Back in 2013, it was assessed that one out of every three light bulbs in France is lit by the Nigerian uranium, while 80% of Nigerians have no access to electricity, according to the Transparency and Budgetary Analysis Organization. Can you imagine that? I mean, the, the no, stuff that these... So, go ahead, Beth. It wouldn't be so bad if they was halfway fair. You know, it's like let everybody eat. 
but they want to eat and and they don't they don't even want to give crumbs to the people. Exactly, and it, it's like what we were talking about yesterday, Bear. Mm-hmm. In terms of the arrogance of these people to not want to even get your people out of my country. They say yeah. no, because see, what they'll do uh, is they'll sacrifice those people. They'll hope that they die. If they don't die, the people in the embassy, because th- this is one of the tricks that they do, they're killing themselves and say that the, uh, the, the Niger military killed them. And that'll give them the pretext to do what they did in Libya. Because that's how they operate. All right? That's why for many, 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 many years, I hated this country. Because of this stuff and seeing that they were doing the exact same thing to us and then put on the veneer of fairness by bringing some entertainer to shake their ass in our face to show us that, well, you can do the same thing. Okay? That's what's so abhorrent about Negro entertainers and athletes. Because black entertainers and athletes didn't used to be like this. For some strange reason, they think they have arrived for some strange reason. Because the system of white supremacy has given them a lot of fake currency. They go on here to say another characteristic feature of neocolonialism in Niger is the financial hegemony that France maintained by enforcing the CFA, the African Financial Community, or the CFA franc, as a formal currency in Niger. The CFA franc was introduced by France in most of its former colonies in West and Central Africa. What a coincidence, the exact area where all these coups are occurring right now. They say, according to the International Monetary Fund, the CFA franc accounts for 14% of Africa's population and 12% of its GDP. The CFA franc, which is minted by the Bank of France, was formerly pegged to the French franc and now to the euro in exchange for guaranteeing their currency in euros. Currently, 656 CFA francs equal one euro. So in exchange for guaranteeing their currency in euros, 50% of the CFA franc countries' possessions of foreign currencies are to be deposited in the Bank of France. In addition to another 20% for financial liabilities, leaving the African countries with barely any liquidity, no cash on hand, 
and no monetary or fiscal sovereignty on the little liquidity they have while the French government prospers through capitalizing on the surplus deposits in its banks. They create the money and then tell them, y'all got to make sure y'all keep 50% of what we give you in our banks. They say, through the CFA Frank Zone, France maintains the capability to exercise authority over the money supply, monetary and financial regulations, banking operations, credit distribution, and fiscal as well as economic strategies of African countries. Y'all understand? Let me read it again. Through the CFA Frank Zone, France maintains the capability to exercise exercise authority over the money supply. Monetary and financial regulations, they dictate (laughs) what you do with your money. Banking operations, credit distribution, and fiscal as well as economic strategies of African countries. They dictate how much money you are going to uh, use in your country for a variety of different things, health, um, uh, building, you see, because they got 50% of your money in their bank. They say this is best summed up in a famous speech of former French President Jacques Chirac, in which he says, quote, we forget one thing, that is, a large part of the money that's in our wallet comes precisely from the exploitation of Africa, unquote. They go on to say, the ousted Bazoum regime has long been a loyal partner of France uh, and the West in general. In the latter's alleged war on terrorism in the Sahel region, that area in West Africa, has been called the Sahel region, okay? So, uh, Niger's president was part and parcel of the support, okay, in terms of the neo-colonialist system in that entire region. They said Niger hosts 15,000 French soldiers and 1,100 American soldiers, in addition to U.S. Air Base 201, which acted as an outpost to U.S. military interventions in the region at large. Remember when I lay out the analogy 
of the old cowboy movies family where when the cowboys want to do damage to the Indians, uh, they basically build forts everywhere they went so that the forts could always send out soldiers to kill the Indians when the Indians got pissed off about the soldiers and the civilians taking their land. That's what Air Base 201 is. If you look at a map, Google U.S. US military stations in Africa. And guess what you're going to see, family? You got so many military bases in that this same area, you are not going to believe what you see. They everywhere hiding. Okay. So this is how the so called uh terrorists have been able to operate so freely. All right. All they got to do is go back to Air Base 201. They ride at home. Or Air Base 202 or 203 or 204. They say, while making Niger into a safe haven for Western forces in West Africa under the pretext of fighting terrorist groups, Bazoom, that's the overthrown president, long criticized Mali and Burkina Faso for coordinating with Russia and the Wagner uh, PMC in their battle against terrorism, despite being more successful than the former. So you see, just like in Syria, Russia goes to Syria and basically kicks ISIS ass and America gets pissed off particularly Obama okay because of course they run in the terrorists all right so now same thing is happening in Africa and they even have to admit that Russia and the Wagner group have provided a service in uh, training and arming the military to able to, to be able to fight back properly against these so-called terrorists, whereas we pointed out last week, the terrorism has just flown off the page since AFRICOM entered Africa under Obama. All of a sudden, terrorism everywhere. Well, that's what the United States does. It goes to other countries and terrorizes them. They go on to say, in a piece written for the Washington Post shortly after being ousted, well, who else is he going to write for? The CIA's newspaper, the Washington Post. So Bazoom gets overthrown, and he goes and writes an article for the Washington Post. But in that piece, 
he warned his Western partners in an attempt to evoke an intervention to restore his ouster regime that, quote, the entire Central Sahel region could fall to Russian influence, unquote, if his regime is not restored, emphasizing the geopolitical shift which the country underwent through the coup. On July 26, Abdul Rahami uh, Tichiani overthrew the pro-West incumbent Bazoum in a military coup led by the Presidential Guard. The coup came as a sort of poetic justice against imperialism, not only neutralizing a Western comprador government, but also replacing it with a staunchly anti-imperialist government. They say France was quick to condemn the coup. President Macron warned the military junta of a swift and firm retaliation if their interest was threatened in the country. The U.S. Secretary of State, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, similarly affirmed his support for the ousted president and expressed his commitment to restore his government. The collective West, uh, the EU, the U.S., and Canada, subsequently suspended all aid to the country in an effort to pressure the military junta into giving in. Notice the language that they use to describe, and they've been doing this for decades, African people and Latin American people who overthrow crooked governments. But somehow, the Zelensky government in Ukraine that was put there by a coup led by the United States and particularly Victoria Newland, who was out there in the streets passing out sandwiches to the terrorists in Ukraine while the coup was going on. Okay? Notice how they refer to the Africans retaking their country as a junta. But somehow, them Nazis in Ukraine are not a junta. Unbelievable. They say on July 30th, ECOWAS froze Niger's assets, imposed sanctions on the Junta officials and gave a stern warning of military intervention if the former government is not restored within a week's deadline. Bondingly, the junta took a set of measures to consolidate its authority and fortify its anti-imperialist stance. Now, watch this, Bear. All this time, they've been talking about what? Uranium uh, particularly in terms of its uh, use as a power force, a source, right? Mm-hmm. 
Now watch this. This article is almost done. Look at what they do. They say, correspondingly, the junta took a set of measures to consolidate its authority and fortify its anti-imperialist stance, halting uranium and gold exports to Europe. Now, all of a sudden, as long as this article is, now they throw in the gold. Up to this point, it's been uranium, uranium, uranium. They don't want to talk about the gold. Because they don't want you to know, as I pointed out last week, in Mali, one square block, there's no other place on the planet that has as much gold as one square block in Mali. That's not my opinion. That's the geologist that did the work there. Okay? When you talk in Central West Africa, as I said at the very beginning of the program, you're talking about the probably the richest piece of real estate in the world. It's everything is in that area. From coast to coast. You see? And that's why countries like the Congo have never had peace. Because they don't want this area to have peace. They thrive in chaos. Hmm. Does that sound like what's going on in all these major cities in this country now? Yeah, that's how they're making their, that's how they are staying alive. They got to have some chaos. That's how they Absolutely, because when the people realize what's going on, when the ants realize how much power they really have, <laughs> okay, the elephant is in trouble. Yes. You see? So it's important that they keep people fighting each other, okay? White supremacy and racist, 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 racist. White people referring to black people, coons. That's Antifa. Calling black people Uncle Tom's. And the black people who have the same paymasters that would be groups like Black Lives Matter or the National Action Network. Let's put them in the mix, too. Okay? And I know some of us are going to say, Al Sharpton worked for black people. No, Al Sharpton worked for the federal government. Go back and pull up the video where he's sitting there boasting and bragging about selling dope in the hood. Right? With the mafia. All right? And then all of a sudden, he end up on TV with a TV program and is a part of uh, uh, Barack Obama's propaganda group. Now, I want y'all to tell me how that works. 
Well, I'll tell you how it works. He it it will subsequently come out that he's an FBI informant. That's why you're on TV. He ain't never worked for you. You've been working for these people all the time. Did you hear me, Michael Mhotep? He he's uh he he can't hear because he's another Roland Martin. Oh, I know, and so is Roland Martin. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, they like to go and get these guys that are part of the fraternity. Put them on TV, give them five dollars, and they think they have a ride. Now. Y'all think they ain't doing the sisters the same way? It's the same thing. You can't be as stupid as Joy Reid accidentally. You can't be that stupid. She's sitting up there on TV with an orange man hairdo. (laughs) Saying how much she hated him. It's not orange, is it? Yes. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable, Bev. It's so phony. Outrage, and they claim to hate white people, but she's sitting up there surrounded by white people. She's the only fly in the buttermilk. But she hate white people. I must have missed something in this. It's just amazing when you when you just look at this thing for what it is, then you realize you're in the same position. You're in the same position as the Nigerians. You just don't realize it. Okay. They say halting uranium and gold exports to Europe, not just to France, to Europe. Revoking all military deals with France and blocking French media platforms, France 24 and RFI. And that's because, as we said yesterday, you cannot remove the intelligence people that are part of the media. They're not just a part of the media here. They're part of the media wherever you got Western countries. They say additionally, the military leaders warn France and ECOWAS against any military intervention, stressing that they will, quote, resolutely defend their homeland, unquote. They say regional countries have also taken opposing stances on Niger. Original members of the Western-backed ECOWAS bloc, such as Senegal, have affirmed their commitment to partake in the military intervention. Okay? Now, you see, we sitting here as not-too-smart, regular, everyday people. And we see what's going on. You mean to tell me the government in Senegal 
another African country, seeing all of these coups that have taken place because of the neo-colonialism that's being practiced in all of those countries. So now you're going, you're willing to attack one of those countries that want to throw that yoke off of them? So what that shows us, just like when Al Samson, Al Samson, when Al Charlton got caught and was forced to admit that he's the FBI informant, it didn't change the minds of some backwards-thinking black people, all right? Because every time it seemed to me that uh, some young brother got shot out here uh, or murdered out here uh, by the police, there's Al Charlton right there to give the eulogy. Okay, and that's a major problem. That's a major problem. But neocolonialism, if it didn't work, they wouldn't be using it. They're going to say, Mali and Burkina Faso, who had also defected from the Western Bloc, vehemently opposed the threat of military intervention against Niger, saying that they would consider it a declaration of war against their respective nations if the ECOWAS Bloc went through with the threatened military intervention. On Sunday, the deadline granted by ECOWAS was, was exhausted, and the military leadership of Niger remained steadfast. They say both the French Foreign Ministry and the U.S. State Department have expressed their support for ECOWAS. Well, why not? In restoring the ousted government in Niger. So then they quote Franz Fanon, Wretched of the Earth, again, where he said, at the individual level, violence is a cleansing force. It rids the colonized of their inferiority complex of their passive and despairing attitude. It emboldens them and restores their self-confidence. And I can't tell you how important that is, family. I cannot express to you how important that is, but I'm going to try. That's why you keep hearing me and Bev say the problems that black people have are internal. People that don't have confidence that they can do things would generally not do them. So it becomes essentially, I mean, is a matter of survival that black people in this country do for self. It's essential for our well-being. Because once you realize that you can do things that heretofore you pretty much didn't even think that you had any capacity to do. Once you do that, then the, the system of neocolonialism or the system of white supremacy and, and blackface is no longer operable. That's what we mean by all of our problems 
and all of the answers are internal. No. No more welfare. No more welfare. We need to do it on our own for our children so they'll know that they have the same capabilities. And stop saying what you can't do and you ain't even tried. It's not as difficult as you might think. You see, that's our biggest problem. And when you don't have in order. Go ahead, Bill. Go ahead. No, no go ahead. I was just get, getting ready to say that you can't have uh, power confidence. That's how you that tap into your power and your strength. Yes, because it's been beat down out of us. It's been told that we are, we are not capable of this and this and this and this for so long that we internalize it. And if you don't have confidence, it's going to automatically be replaced with fear. That is correct. And so the thing that defeats fear is knowledge. And we've said this many, 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 many years ago. As you begin to gain Confidence, Bear, family, through the acquisition of knowledge, because that's what it will do. As that level increases, you will see a corresponding decrease in fear. Yeah. That's what happens. And, again, when we talk about these things, from a, even from a spiritual perspective, it builds up your spirit. When you've been told for decades that you less than, what does that do? We say, and we said it for as long as I can remember, that uh, many black people have broken spirits. Your spirit is broken. Well, and and they showed that to you on Kuta uh, Kente. Uh, yes. What was that? Roots. They showed that to you. Yes. He, he had confidence. What was that? Roots. Yes. Uh, they showed you that that he he had confidence when when you know when he first came over here when they captured him, but they broke that confidence. They got it out of him. And not they beat it out of it. Control it. Yeah, yeah. That's right. The legacy of neocolonialism, white supremacy. See, some of the weakest black people in the hood are people like Al Sharpton, Al Charlton, Jesse Jack, them some of the Barack Obama, them the weakest people in among us. Because they sold out in total to the system of white supremacy. How? Because they basically served the the system of white supremacy in blackface. They're not fighting back against the system. They work for that system. I'm sorry, say that again, Bear. 
I say some was raised in it, like Obama yes. was raised in it, groomed for it. Yes. So these things are multifaceted. That's why you hear, and you know my philosophy: nonviolent, non-participation. It hasn't changed, but I'm no fool. I know that while I'm nonviolent, like Malcolm said, if you put your hands on me, I have a right to take them off, okay? I'm talking about at your wrist. You see? So that's what black people have to work on. And all the things that you hear me talking about in terms of solutions, even from the corporate standpoint, it's all about putting black people in position to rebuild black people from the inside out, not the outside in. I don't give a damn about no design or nothing. What is that? That's something that somebody said is a value. And that's all it is. And pretty much, it's white people that dictated the value of those things. And then we go out here and we judge people, their acquisition of these things that they dictate our value. Don't mean nothing. It don't mean nothing. Okay, I don't care how many so-called designer anything. Some of the worst people on the planet are these people with these designer names. Who you think is being busted all over the damn place? It's pedophiles and just literal human monsters. Let, let me go on with this article. They say, in Niger, negative, wait, let me go, I missed something here. Yeah. They say, uh, in the context of liberation from the colonial type hegemony, a notable nuance to register is the strive for self-determination. In the strive for self-determination. Is that, is that between negative freedom and autonomy? Okay. Negative freedom is defined through the absence of externally imposed oppressive structures. Negative freedom find through the absence of externally imposed oppressive structures. You understand what they're saying here, Bill? Negative freedom is, devi- is defined through the absence of externally imposed oppressive structures. Okay. Meanwhile, autonomy 
is realized through developing the capability to achieve the aspired interest. As you rebuild yourselves internally, standing that you can now achieve things that you didn't realize that you could achieve before, now you become autonomous, okay? Now you really become sovereign. family, as opposed to being in a situation where you have negative freedom, uh, where you no longer have uh, police stations, okay, but your mind is still enslaved. What's that old saying, free to mind and something else follows? All about building up your confidence, as Sister Bear was saying earlier. Okay? Now watch, they're going to say this. In Niger, negative freedom triumphed through the coup by eradicating the oppressive structures enforced by France such as the imposed comprador government and the systematic exploitation of resources. It focuses on dismantling the barriers that inhibit a nation's ability to make choices according to its own values and interests. However, negative freedom as the absence of external restraints does not guarantee holistic liberation. In other words, get control of your mind and something else will follow. They said the military leaders in Niger have decisively strived to neutralize the French-imposed oppressive structures from organizing the overthrow of the Comprador government to halting the exports of uranium and gold. However, their deliberations, revolutionary as they are, fall short of liberation. They created favorable conditions for achieving self-determination through autonomy. They created the favorable conditions for achieving self-determination through autonomy but it remains necessary to acquire the capacity to achieve their national interests. Autonomy is realized through the accumulation of capital and consolidation of the infrastructure. So you're really not going to be free until you have the proper mindset that you are. So now, they've removed all the, uh, some of the impediments, okay, that would be France and the so-called contracts and things of that nature, get rid of that embassy and the, the military that's there, they got no business there, that ain't their country, get out, take your friends with you, that would be America, get your 1100 and get your ass out too. 
all right? But the next crucial thing is going to be to build confidence in the people. Because I'm going to tell you something. It's hard to be confident people. Very difficult. And I'm going to say this again, because Russia has a long history of assisting in African liberation going back to the 1950s in the nationalist struggle. Okay? And here they are again. Here they are back again uh, by way of the Wagner Group. Now, this is very important because I don't know uh, who killed, uh, if I don't see that dude's name, I can't pronounce it, okay? Uh, but I don't know oh, Yevgeny uh, Prigozhin. I don't know who killed him. Okay, uh, <clears throat> but if I wanted to throw a monkey wrench in what's going on in Africa and get the Wagner Group to turn against Russia, because I'm gonna tell you, family, I, I I'm always on a consistent, on a daily basis. I'm ke- I've been keeping my eye on Ukraine for quite some time. Every day, not one day, every day. And it was the Wagner group who basically inflicted the most damage on Ukraine. It was the Wagner group that basically mopped up ISIS in Syria. All right. So, Cubono, who benefits from Progozin being killed? Now, watch this. At the exact same time that Progozin was supposedly engaging in a coup d'etat, against Putin in Russia the exact same time the United States and Ukraine were talking about the spring offensive and they kept delaying it and kept delaying it allegedly Till the exact same time that Prigozhin was allegedly being uh, part or leading a coup against Putin. And I said, wow. In the United States, they was cheering him on, right? Almost as if they had been having some kind of secret meetings with this dude. And that the so-called spring offensive against the Russian troops that was never going to amount to anything and ain't amounted to nothing now. 
what you see going on now are small little attacks that's being done by individuals using technology because the military is gone. They've been wiped out by Putin. I'm talking about Ukraine's military. Wiped out. All right? So they're using drones and things like this to launch attacks by small groups of people. They used to call that terrorism. But I said to myself, and I kept uh, forgetting to mention it on this program, that it looked to me like the whole Progozin thing was set up as the spring offensive for Ukraine. And Putin just bided his time. Okay? Sent him to another country. He didn't cut off his business or any of that. He just basically removed him from the head of the Wagner group. That's just another little little thing that just never set well with me because the, the timing of coup allegedly against Putin was just too convenient. And ever since that coup, they've been doing these little terrorist operations using the drones. Okay. Now, That's an Obama yeah. move, isn't it? Didn't he used to use the drones? Well, he started it. He was the he saying. was the first one to weaponize the drones. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, um, I guess you can call it a, an Obama move, but in this case, they are killing or targeting. Well, they kind of changed up a little bit now. Uh, but it's not like they're going to be able to win any war doing that because Putin can wipe them out. All of Ukraine is a drop of a hat. Okay? And there's nothing that they can do about it. Nothing. They don't have the firepower. But what they're attempting to do is to disrupt Russian society so that people can call for the removal of Putin. All right? It's just like Orange Man. He's doing the same thing. Putin is kind of like Orange Man when it comes to the power. Don't the people like Putin? Yeah. He's got over 80-some percent approval from his people. Right, right. But you can't tell these people that, okay? They're not feeling that at all. They rely on propaganda, and they think that the people in this country are going to forever support them. Look, family, 
when you got the president of Italy calling out the president of France as a uh, colonialist in 2023, there's some things that have been happening on the chessboard that have changed, and they don't want to accept the change. I'm talking about all these crazy people. These are things that you never say. Okay? But this woman called Macron out to his face. And now you got African leaders calling him out to his face. These things never happened before. And again, you see it now starting to happen with orange men, with black people. That's the, you know, that's the final frontier. Yes. But they're dangerous, Bear. These people are very dangerous. And they'll resort to almost anything. Y'all know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about these damn Zionists. But I'm quite sure that when they took on this fight, they knew how dangerous they are. I mean, when you're going into a war, you already know, you know, the capability of your enemy, but you still have to go into the battle. That is correct. No question about it. It's just a matter is how it's just a matter of how dangerous are they? See, that's the question. What list are they willing to go through to achieve their objectives? And you have to have, on the other side, what length are they willing to go to them to uh, beat them? Yes, uh, no doubt about it. So that's where we get to the whole nuclear thing, of which not only has the courts said that, but Orange Man has been saying it over and over. Okay? And now, uh, uh, what's the white boy's name? Victor Orban. All right. Interviewed by Tucker Carlson. He's basically warning people about the same thing. People are trying to start a nuclear war. He said World War Three. See, it's a given. You don't attack uh, civilians in these wars. That's part of the protocols of war. But what Ukraine has been doing has been attacking civilians because they can't get to the soldiers. They don't have the firepower. So they sneak little groups behind Russian lines, and this is how they've been able to and use uh, their proxies in Russia, right, these little groups in Russia, to uh, use these drones to attack civilian locations, killing civilians. And they want Putin to go completely off and 
he reminds me a lot of Orange Man. You don't see that dude getting off all upset and hollering and screaming. Mm-mm. And he's been like that for a long time, as opposed to the corpse who gets before a microphone, and if he can manage to stay asleep, he hollers and screams all the time. I think what I'm trying to say is these people, they got cool. These are really cool people. They got confidence. They got suave. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's that confidence. Yes. But these people, these fake people, man, you see, you see right through them. And that's why, as time goes on, if they don't do something, and I again, I expect them to do it, it's just a matter of how we respond to it. They're going to come with some racism, racism stuff, because that's what they do. They're going to get some of their wind-up uh, drones uh, that they didn't program to go out here and do some crazy stuff, and it can be black or white. Okay. It can be black or white because they got wind-up black drones. Uh, you want an example? That idiot that ran over all them people uh, <laughs> in, uh, was it downstate and Illinois? During Christmas. Doing the will- oh, during Christmas time. Okay. You remember when the dude in his truck, a uh, uh, so-called rapper? So-called somebody rapper. Did- Somebody just did that recently. I saw they were doing willies in the street, whatever you call that, with the cars, and this guy ran over a bunch of people. Okay, well, this was done during a Christmas parade. I remember. Yeah, I remember. It was a bunch of white people, and he just mowed them down. Right? I'm talking about stuff like that or the little wind-up white boy that went into the supermarket allegedly and shot up the black people. And I say allegedly because, man, you would think people be dropping tears and all this kind of stuff. Nobody seemed to be upset about their loved one. I just found that strange as hell because I know how black people respond. I see it all the time. And I've been seeing it all my life. If the sister is in the beauty shop, if mama is in the beauty shop, and she got them rollers in her head and she up under that hair dryer, and somebody coming in and tell her her son just got killed, shoes coming off, she ain't got no <laughs> shoes on, uh, that dryer, uh, you, you, you better hope that the, the, the woman that run the beauty shop Get there quick enough to pull that dry up out of off her head, cause she out the door, straight emotion, hollering and screaming about her baby. Right? Am I missing something here, Ben? Oh, you're right. But all them black people supposedly got shot in that, uh, uh, uh was it a store, a supermarket, by this little white boy, who had been around there talking to black people for a week. Having lunch with some of them, 
then all of a sudden, he go into the store and shoot up a bunch of black people, and they interview the relatives of the black people, and they ain't mad. And I saw the same thing happen when the white boy went into the black church and shot up all the old churchgoers. By the way, they was all given a million dollars or more. You remember that band? Mm-hmm. That was a, so. Um, was it real or fake? Well, I, I'm I'm just saying, Bear, something wasn't right because that's not how black people respond. They showed oh, all these yeah. black families. They showed these black families or these church, these older church people, and they was all happy and and they they had a whole family. I never forget this, Bear. They had a whole family of one of the shooting victims. Okay, all of the it was like three generations of them. And they was all happy. You could tell they was happy because all them face was shining. It was like everybody had been to the uh, bacon grease bucket <laughs> to, to put some of that bacon grease on their face so their face could shine. Y'all old schoolers, y'all know what I'm talking about. Well, like they say, your mouth might lie, but your body don't. So it you, don't, yeah. At, and right, and so you ain't see no sadness with them, with there, with them people. So what that tell you? It ain't real. It's like they were happy that their relatives have been killed, their loved ones have been killed. And I said, damn, where do where these black people come from? Because, man, right now, when Thug Johnson uh, shoot up uh, Thug Smith out here in the street, and their mamas and daddies know they thugs, and they shoot up each other out here in the street, them mamas still out there in the streets hollering and screaming, crying and mad because they done lost their children. They may be a thug, but they still their children. And that emotion is coming out. With Amen. all them black people got shot in that church, I didn't see no sad faces. And I saw one. I don't know which one it was. Uh, she, They were crying, but it was just uh, I didn't see the emotion there in the body. And bear, I'm going to give you another one. When the little uh, tranny went into the, the Christian school and shot up all them kids, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Them was Hispanics. And the thing that really was really crazy was all their families had shades on. Mm-hmm. This is like a week after the shooting, they being interviewed, they all got shades on. <laughs> it's like Biden and that ugly ass witch wife of his walking around with shades on all the time. Why are you hiding your eyes? See, I know it's a prop for the courts because they associate him with them flight glasses, right? And his mm-hmm. damn Corvette and his cat, right? 
But why is his wife running around here with shades on every time you see her? What I'm saying is there's some givens. There's some things that you could take to the bank in terms of uh, conditioned response. All right? And hollering and screaming from an emotional standpoint by black women has been going on for a long, long time. So when I see a church full of black people and none of them dropping tears, and the thing that really got to me was like a month or so later, all of them got a million dollars. You remember that, Bear? Mm-hmm. Damn. Well, that was that was their payment for their acting performance. Hmm. I can't disagree with you, Bear. But I think everybody would agree with, with both of us that it was the damnedest thing because that ain't how we respond when our loved ones get killed. It's not. And even the people who don't holler and scream and maybe, you know, you still can see the hurt. You can you can yeah. see it on them. You know, they, they ain't even ho- hooping and hollering, but it, it just shows. You can see it. I ain't seen none of that. You could almost have said, Bear, that they were being interviewed for winning uh, the mega mega lottery or whatever the hell it's called. Because that's what yeah, cause they're all yeah, they sitting up. about seven or eight of them. They're all sitting up there grinning, and, you know, the bacon grease is looking good on their face. They know it's got a nice little shine on it, their forehead. The little girls got nice little ponytails hanging out the off the side of the head with the little the little burette or whatever the hell you call those little things with the balls on them, and everybody happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're going to get paid good like they do in Hollywood. <laughs> I'll be happy too. <laughs> so, man, look, the, the, the point is these people will resort to anything. That's the point. And some of us buy it. We will assist them in it. That's uh, Fanny down in Atlanta. That's why Fanny going to get her Fanny handed to her. But, see, they get people like Fanny, just like that guy say. He's been knowing Fanny, Fanny that type of person. And that's what they do. They don't get people with principles and stuff. They they know who to get. It's like you going in audition for acting in Hollywood. They pick out who's good for the role. And you know something, bad? We can go for a long time with that because we've shown where they've had uh, uh, auditions for people to be crisis actors, and we've gone to the exactly. web page. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Crisis actors. And then the mainstream yeah. media will come and beat you up, but you sitting there looking at the stuff like the dude yeah. that's supposed to be at the, the uh, mass shooting of all the homosexuals down there in Florida, right? The little mm-hmm. Arab dude. He had not only was he an actor, he had an IMDb page, <laughs> and he had yeah, been in a couple yeah. of movies as a security guard. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that, that 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 topped it all off was his daddy was working for the FBI, yeah. and then the daddy found out that the son, the same one that supposedly shot up all the homosexuals in the club, right? 
that he was working for the FBI. He's the FBI informant. <laughs> I mean, some of this stuff. Look, we can go back even farther than that, Bear. The two brothers that supposedly did the Boston bombing. Russia had told the United States early on about the brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Brothers supposedly got butt naked and ran away from the police. And they found him in a houseboat, and they showed him uh, with handcuffs, butt naked. But when he got to the police station, he dead as hell. Right? Then we find out that his uncle is married to the number two guy. The uncle is married to the number two guy's daughter in the CIA. (laughs) Y'all remember the Boston Marathon so-called bombing? Right? With all the supposedly legs blown off of people already in the wheelchair, but they got legs blown off. But they've been in the wheelchair at the uh, marathon. They didn't have no legs. So they went and got some fake legs. <laughs> it's just, anyway, let me go on with this. Because it's just been so many of them. I can go on and on. The California uh, airport bombing where you could literally see them supposedly carrying a wounded person, but it was a crash test dummy. And they were so sloppy that they couldn't even hide it. They were a a crash test dummy in a wheelchair, and you can see it's a damn dummy. Go ahead, Beth. We saw a lot of that during the pandemic, them crash dummies. With what? We saw a lot of the crash dummies in the pandemic when it was supposed to be oh, dead. Yes. in the hospitals. Yeah, yeah. In the hospital beds. We showed that, too. And, and that was obvious. I mean, I, I don't know what it takes for people to understand what you're dealing with here in this government. Okay. But the sooner the people in this country wake up and realize this government, this Zionist-run government, hate your guts. That's why they're attacking. They're starting to see it. Yeah, that would be. That's why they're attacking their children. Mm -hmm. That that goes hand in hand with how much they hate you. I'm not exaggerating here. I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm trying to be honest in showing you what lengths these people will go to, okay, to maintain their power up to and including cutting the genitals off of children. And keep in mind, family, you would have never seen this, never, 10 years ago just as recent as 10 years ago, that was foreign. Now, they're trying to make it mandatory. And if you don't like it, they'll take your children from you, lock your ass up, and cut your children's genitals off anyway.
I don't know what side people on. I know what side I'm on. I'm clear. Because we're dealing with psychopaths here. Okay? So everything, and this is another one of my favorite sayings, everything is to be questioned. And everybody, and anybody that don't want to be questioned, get the hell out of their way. Okay? The Wagner Group actions in Africa. The Wagner Group's actions in Africa. This is from thehindu.com. They say, in which countries in Africa is the Wagner Group active? What explains its dynamic relationships with different countries across the African continent? What has the UN said about the Wagner Group? What role does Russia play in the activities of the mercenary group? Wait a minute. Why is the responsibility of the United Nations to have anything to say about the Wagner group? Who gave them the authority to dictate who can do what in somebody's country? They're going to say the Wagner Group. Wait. No, let me go here. They say after fighting erupted in Sudan's capital, Khartoum, on April the 15th, questions have been raised over the involvement of the Wagner Group, which has been active in African countries for years. The Wagner Group is a Russian paramilitary organization headed by Yevgeny Prigozhin. Though it has been reported or uh, reportedly engaged in counter militancy operations in Africa, its involvement is believed to have a more extensive scope covering political, economic, and military fields. There have also been reports of the group supplying arms and weapons and training regional forces in fighting jihadist threats. Despite its involvement in the Russian Ukraine war, the Wagner Group's presence in Africa has continued. By siding with the domestic actors in a civil war situation, the group's actions have impacted the democratic process in Africa. I wonder what democratic process they're talking about here. But I can assure you, family, if the Wagner Group was as blood bloodthirsty as they say, you would have people in the UN making all kind of proclamations to declare them this and declare them that, and you haven't seen it because the evidence to support it does not exist. It's propaganda, okay? It's like the Proud Boys, okay? That I think that would be an equivalent because the Proud Boys were formed to fight against Antifa jumping on white people. White people would that, go get a... Go ahead, man. Wasn't they, they supposed to sentence him today or yesterday or something? The leader of uh, the Proud Boys. Uh, that's Enrique Terrio. Mm-hmm. Hispanic. Cuban, to be exact. 
Okay. Yes, they were supposed to sentence him today. But he wasn't charged with seditious conspiracy. And they told him to go to Washington, so he wasn't even there on January the 6th. Now, knowing that, did you know that, Bear? I didn't know that. Well, watch this, Bear. Knowing that he was told not to go there and he wasn't there on January the 6th, right? what would you think? I mean, so how is they charging him with that if he wasn't there? They're not charging him with that, with seditious conspiracy. They're charging him with other violations. Mm -hmm. Now, let me cut to the chase. Because he was a government informant. Half of the people in the Proud Boys meetings were government informants. And even with all of that, the Proud Boys have never been shown to have initiated any of the uh, fighting that they were engaged in with Antifa. It was just that Antifa was a bunch of sissies. I'm not exaggerating here. The LGBT, a large number of them. I saw that when and, they came to Detroit. Yeah, and they couldn't fight. So, of course, when they would fight, it was the Proud Boys that would get arrested and Antifa, who's working along with the FBI and the government. Because remember, uh, the Democratic politicians, uh, they were saying uh, Antifa really didn't exist. Okay. Their game was to, and they did, arrest Proud Boys. And I said, I'd like for the family to go and find me where the Proud Boy initiated any violence against anybody outside of Antifa. And you won't find it. So they get charged with something that nobody else was charged with seditious conspiracy in other words we thought about uh, uh, overthrowing the government but there's no evidence of any plan to overthrow the government so we're going to make up some fake stuff on them guys to lock them up and that's what they did. Just like now, the so-called special counsel, Jack Smith, is talking about adding a charge of seditious conspiracy against Orange Man, even though he's already been uh, found to be innocent. <laughs> the FBI came Because remember, man, they tried to... Impeach that dude again. <laughs> and they didn't have a case against him, period. So now they're talking about trying to add 
seditious conspiracy as one of the charges. Even though the FBI has already did an investigation and found that he had no links to any kind of overthrow in the government. That's already been adjudicated, already been investigated. But again, nothing is normal now, nothing. And these people are capable of anything. So I just hold my breath until they get they out the way. Something's got to happen because this is what designers do. See, I came up through the 60s family when people who are Barack Obama's friends today, the weather, the weather underground, who live right over there in Hyde Park, teach at the University of Chicago and other major universities around the country, the so-called weathermen, all right, one of whom is Bill Ayers, one of Obama's friends. It's real talk, family. These people made it quite clear that they had no problem killing millions of people to achieve their objective. And his daddy uh, ran Commonwealth Edison in the state of Illinois, Bill Ayers' daddy. They filthy rich. And many of these other so-called uh, uh, radicals from the 60s, they come from very well-to-do families, just like Antifa. It's amazing. They get mad at their they mamas and daddy because they got money, and they, now they want to go out and blow up some building somewhere. See, now I'm back off. I'm My man, I'm back off this. Let me go back to the article, okay? I'm, I'm going to try to stay on it this time, family. But these things just come up. I, I can't overlook them sometimes. They say, additionally, the West has been raising concerns over human rights violations and abuse of civilians related to the Wagner Group's presence in Africa. Then that's what the U.N. is there for. Why don't, how, how come the U.N. hasn't come to charge these guys? So that way now you've got the pretext to go and arrest them. They say the Wagner Group has been active in Sudan, Mali, the Central African Republic, Mozambique, and Libya in Africa. The activities are related to providing direct support to authoritarian governments, supporting rival leadership engaged in internal wars, filling the void created by the withdrawal of the French military engagement and taking part in resource exploitation, etc. What? Let me keep going. Then they go on in this article, family, under mercenaries in Africa. They say the Wagner Group, a Russian paramilitary organization, has been involved in multiple counter-military operations in Africa. While legally the group is not a Russian-based private military company, then why did you say that at the beginning of the article? It works closely with the Russian security apparatus. That is, that is true. Then they say, they give you a flow chart here. 
a blow-by-blow account of just what they've been involved in in Africa. They say in 2014, uh, they were involved in Ukraine, where Lieutenant Colonel Dmitry Utkin and his mercenary squad took part in the annexation of Crimea. So they're going to point out that the group is named, the Wagner group is named after Utkin's call sign, Wagner. It's, it's actually Wagner. It has the German pronunciation, okay? It's the Wagner group. The W sounds like a V. That's in 2014. Then in 2015, Yevgeny Prigozhin, uh, who's an ally of Putin, became Wagner's patron. He became the leader of the group, but he's not the founder of the group. That's uh, this guy, Utkin. So in January 2023, you had uh, Paris, the French, agree to pull his troops out of Burkina Faso after uh the Russians demand, right, from uh, uh, the junta, the coup that took place by the military, okay? So they agreed to pull out. That's in 2023. But for all that, in 2015 to 2018, they were in Syria supporting uh, the Russian military. And this is one of the um, signature moments for the Wagner group. And I remember when this happened because people were wondering what was going to be Russia's response. Okay? So Wagner supports the Russian military in Syria and 100 of their members were killed in an airstrike by the United States. Okay? They expected Putin to go buck wild, and he didn't. They've done a number of things. It's not just that pipeline, okay, to Germany that the United States blew up. <clears throat> it's been a number of things. And they use their allies to do things as well, like when Turkey shot down the uh, Russian airplane. And they expected Putin to go off, and he didn't. Anyway, they were in Libya from 2016 to 2020, where you had a 1,000 Wagner fighters that fought alongside uh, General Khalifa Haftar. All right? one of the opposition leaders there in Libya. In 2017 to 2019, they were in Sudan fighting on the side of Omar Bashir. Also in 2017, they were in the Central African Republic, okay, training the military there and controlling the diamond mines. In 2019, they were also in Mozambique, where they was fighting uh, so-called jihadists 
in the north. But they supposedly left there after seven of their soldiers got killed. In 2021, they ended up in Mali, where they deployed to provide security against, again, so-called Islamic militants or jihadists. And that move preceded the French military's withdrawal out of Mali. But that French military family was basically the front for the United States. Okay? Because uh, we talked about, about that ad infinitum and the U.S. military's role in Mali and how under Obama, this is way before 2021, all right, how Obama was bombing Mali. And it pissed me off because that's the home of the Dogon who traced their lineage all the way back to ancient Kemet. And that's where they settled. That's one of the places that they settled. Okay? Now, they go on to say, the Wagner Group presents itself as a security provider to a few governments, mostly authoritarian ones in Africa. Now, again, why would they use that term authoritarian when the people that they overthrow have been in government, like in the case of of this latest overthrow uh, uh, in Gabon, family been in charge for 50 years. 50 years. And they have elections, right? But somehow, this family has been in charge for over 50 years. <laughs> it's mind-blowing how dumb these people think we really are, family. They go on to say, it's also been supporting rival leaders engaged in the civil war. In the Sudan, it began deployments during former President Omar Bashir's rule in 2017. The group's ties with Sudan aimed at guarding mineral resources, notably gold mines, and therefore, supported Bashir's government against international opposition. When you hear international opposition, they're talking about the West. Okay? They say it also played a direct role in suppressing the Sudanese uprising in 2019 that toppled Bashir's, Bashir's regime. In Sudan, Russia has recently formed a strong relationship with the Rapid Support Forces and its commander, General Mohammed Hamadan Dagalo. The latter is a rival leader fighting against the Sudanese army. However, there are, as of now, only speculations on Wagner's involvement in the ongoing violence in Sudan. Besides, Russia is set to sign an agreement with Sudan to 
to build a military base in Port Sudan on the Red Sea. Interestingly, in the Central African Republic, the Wagner Group is active beyond being engaged in security-related activities. According to a German uh, news source, source uh, Deutsche Welle, which refers to a report of 11 European media on the group, Wagner makes profits from importing timber. The government in Bangui granted a subsidiary unrestricted logging rights across, uh, I'm assuming that that's 1,087,000 hectares, okay? The same source refers to a contract which gave access uh, to Wagner subsidiaries to the Indesima gold mine after withdrawing concessions from a Canadian mining company. <clears throat> the Wagner Group is also uh, filling in the void created by anti-French sentiment, which led to the withdrawal of the French forces from Africa. Uh, that's kind of premature. They ain't withdrawn yet, as we've already uh, pointed out. They want to keep their media and a embassy in Niger. Okay? They say in Mali, the Wagner Group trains local forces and provides and provides security services in fighting extremist groups. Wagner's deployment in Mali was followed by a nosedive in France-Mali relations and the end of France's Operation Barkhane. Operation Barkhane. A similar role of the Wagner Group could be found in Burkina Faso. The country is reportedly involved with the Wagner Group to deal with surging jihadist violence. After officially announcing the end of the French operation in November 2022, Burkina Faso turned towards Moscow, uh, taking similar steps as Mali did. No, show you, family, how you can tell when this stuff is fake. Why then weren't the jihadists killing French soldiers? Where is that at? Find Israel. but they can find every Arab country to shoot some more Muslims as possible. But for some reason, they couldn't find Israel. Well, with all these terrorists running around, these jihadists, how is it that the French soldiers weren't being shot at? And the American soldiers, for that matter. They got a fort there. How many times has that fort been attacked by jihadists? They say in Libya, approximately 1,200 Wagner mercenaries are believed to have fought for rebel leader Khalifa Haftar. Libya witnessed a civil war for the entirety of the 2010s before a ceasefire, which is holding tenuously. Then again, 
all of this Libya is right above all of these countries that are now having the coups. Okay? People went from them so-called terrorists that Gaddafi let out of jail and told Obama, I let the jihadis out of jail. What else do you want? And then they killed him. And when they got through killing him, watch this family. The next thing you know, some of them same jihadis and the weapons, because see, this is how this uh, homosexual fake ambassador got killed. And the Congress supposed to be so upset, right? I think there were three or four uh, special operations, Green Beret, et cetera, and this uh, ambassador, but he didn't have no embassy. That's because he was there to make sure that the weapons that they were sending to Libya got transferred uh, further on up the road to Egypt, where they then tried to overthrow the Egypt government in some so-called, uh, 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 I was beginning to say Irish Spring, but <laughs> that's a soap, <laughs> in the so-called Arab Spring family. Just like the weapons that supposedly are going to uh, Ukraine, many of them are now ending up in the hands of so-called jihadis and Islamists in Africa. Unbelievable. Let me go on. They got the nerve to be mad because Africans will hire uh, non-Western people to assist them in maintaining control of their countries. They need all the help they can get. They say the primary goal of the group is to gain access to natural resources. Numerous reports from CNN in the U.S. to Al Jazeera in West in West Asia, have referred to Russia's objectives in securing access to Africa's rich natural resources. And what is the West trying to do? The West group's presence and moves make up one of the strategies to achieve this objective for the country. Secondly, Russia sees the Wagner group diplomacy in Africa. The Russian strategy in Africa comes with minimal cost economically but with heavy political returns. Moscow secured 15 abstentions from African countries in the UN's resolution condemning its aggression in Ukraine. Moreover, Eritrea and Mali sided with Russia voting against the resolution. And finally, Russia's access to African mineral deposits is believed to be providing crucial financial support to continue the war in Ukraine. Again, propaganda. For Russia, strong ties with African countries means a pipeline of influence for Russia's war in Ukraine. What? Let me go on. I could stop almost after every paragraph with this stuff. But we'll never get finished. They say, for African countries, Increasing dependency on Wagner mercenaries implies more violence, intimidation, and uncertainties. A UN report in June 2021 said that private military groups, particularly the Wagner group, have violently harassed people 
and committed sexual violence. Damn, that sounds like the UN soldiers. Okay? And committed sexual violence. France, the U.S., and international human rights organizations accused the mercenaries of extrajudicial killings in the Central African Republic and Mali. Well, where's the complaint from the Mali government and the Central African Republic government? Sounds like Russia being charged with war crimes for killing civilians when uh, those Nazis down in Ukraine have been shelling uh, two particular regions comprised of Russian-speaking people, right, killing thousands of civilians, which is why Russia went into Ukraine along with the threat of of, uh, bringing NATO in there to begin with because they was killing thousands of civilians. Okay? They say, the collapse of relations between the West and the Sahara countries, especially Mali and Burkina Faso, paved the way for Russia to position itself as an alternative. In time, Russian, uh, Russia gained leverage in Africa through its assistance with conditionality. I'm sorry. Let me read that again because this is important. In time, Russia gained leverage in Africa through its assistance without conditionality. Remember I pointed out to you, family, that that's what they uh, historically have called uh, uh, stick-up moves on the part of the United Nations and the uh, Western Alliance. They would give the African countries money uh, but if if the land in a particular African country was conducive to producing something that one of their other allies produced, they would prohibit that African country from producing that product. Okay? They call those conditionality. You'll find it all throughout the UN. Okay? Because it's not really about freeing African people. It's about getting them to accept a new form of slavery, okay, put forth through the United Nations by way of the World Economic Forum. All right? Because Russia didn't bogart their way into any of these countries. These countries invited them in, okay, just like Syria. It's the United States that's been bogarting all throughout the whole damn world. Now, they say, however, deepening relations between African leaders and Russian mercenaries pose a significant threat to democratic values. Oh, and what you were doing with your conditionality was not a threat. That was democratic. Increasing trends among African governments seeking Russian mercenary assistance for mounting security concerns indicate increasing authoritarian footprints across the continent and neocolonialism is not authoritarian okay 
They go on to say, according to the United Nations International Convention Against the Recruitment, Use, Financing, and Training of Mercenaries, the state should bear the responsibility for the activities of the, of the mercenaries who violate principles of international law which threaten sovereign equality, political independence, territorial integrity of states, and self-determination of people. Legally, Wagner is not a Russian-based private military company, though it works closely with the Russian security apparatus. Private mercenary groups are illegal in Russia. However, in 2018, Putin recognized the group saying that the Wagner Group has the right to pursue its interests anywhere in the world as long as they do not break the Russian law. His statement read, quote, I repeat, they are not breaking Russian law and have the right to work and promote their business interests or wherever they like in the world. So check it out, family. They call Wagner a mercenary group. And I will call on that, too. But then, what would you call ISIS and Al-Qaeda that they own, financed, and are using to create havoc, first in the so-called Middle East, and now over the last 10 years, all over Africa? Would you call them mercenaries? Only if you knew they were being financed by the West, which they are. So that makes them mercenaries. Now, they say most recently, after the group was reported engaging with the Russian army fighting in Bakhmut, a statement from the Russian parliament said, quote, all those who defend our country, soldiers, volunteers, mobilized men, and members of the PMC Wagner are heroes, unquote. And we ain't even got the wax about how many times the United States is use uh, covert operations through the CIA and uh, the Navy SEALs and a whole bunch of other stuff to go in and murder uh, different people. Anyway, let me go on to show you just how extensive uh, France is uh, in terms of their footprint in Africa, and somehow they're not authoritarian. That's democracy. Algeria rejects French request to use airspace for Niger attack. Why? Because the Algerians was fighting the damn French, trying to get them out of their country for decades. Okay? It took a long time to get them out of there. Long time. And Algeria ain't forgot. Okay? So they tell the French, you fly your planes over our airspace, and we reserve the right to shoot your ass down. This is from English. Dot A L M A Y A D E E N. Dot net. Seems like I've been over this before. Okay. <clears throat> Here's what they say. What's the title? What's the title again? Algeria rejects French request to use airspace for Niger attack. Okay. They say Algeria rejected France's request 
to use this air, airspace for a military attack on Niger following a coup that ousted President Mohamed Bazoum in late July. According to multiple media reports, including Algeria's state radio, it was suggested that France was considering a strike against the new military leadership in Niamey if they did not release Bazoum, who has been detained since July 26. Now, again, what do they have to do with Niger uh, rejecting their government? How is that France's business? Anyway, in response to Algeria's refusal, France reportedly sought permission from Morocco to allow its military aircraft to traverse Moroccan airspace. France, which maintains around 1,500 troops in its former colony, Niger, has faced accusations from the coup leaders of planning a military intervention to reinstate the deposed president. While the French foreign ministry has denied any intent of armed intervention, it has reiterated its support for the West African regional bloc, ECOWAS. Okay. ECOWAS has threatened to deploy force or employ force to reverse the coup and restore democratic governance in Niger. However, France maintains that its engagement is aligned with ECOWAS's efforts rather than aiming for direct intervention. We're going to get our plunkies to do it for us. A spokesperson for, uh, from the French army dismissed claims that France had requested to fly over Algerian territory, uh, countering the report. They got a lot of nerve, family. They say, ECOWAS recently announced its plans to deploy troops to Niger if diplomatic attempts to reinstate Barzoum do not yield results. Uh, Benin, the Ivory Coast, and Nigeria have expressed readiness to contribute troops to this regional mission, allegedly aiming to restore stability and democratic order in Niger. This is happening shortly after Algerian President Abdel, Abdel Majid uh, Tabani stressed that the ongoing crisis in Niger poses a direct threat to Algeria stressing Algeria's absolute rejection of any military intervention in the army. On July 26, the Nigerian presidential guard overthrew Barzoum, the guard's commander, Abdul Rahami Tichiani, proclaimed himself the country's new leader. The military chiefs of the economic community of West African states met to discuss options for military intervention in Niger. The goal of the meeting, reportedly, is to outline a plan for the intervention, its strategy, logistical aspects, and timetable. Correspondingly, military leaders in Niger have warned against any armed intervention in their country, stressing that they will absolutely defend their homeland. The interim governments of Mali and Burkina Faso warned that any military intervention against Niger would be, a, would be considered a declaration of war against them. ECOWAS 
has resorted to implementing a full pressure campaign on the country, which included the closure of land and air borders between the bloc's countries and Niger, the suspension of all commercial and financial transactions with it, and the freezing of the country's assets in ECOWAS Central Bank. The bloc also suspended all financial aid to Niger, froze the assets of the coup leaders, their families, and supporters, and imposed a ban on commercial flights to and from the country. Now, that ain't exactly what uh, the Canadian uh, 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 president did to the truckers. I'll eat your hat in mind. They basically told them they could not leave the country. Right? And he brought in, yeah. And he brought in the, the, and he brought in the uh, UN troops or whatever. Because their their police stood stood down; they wouldn't go against the truckers. That is correct. And the same thing happened in France, okay, with the yellow vest. The police end up being with the people. And so they went and got some EU troops with no insignia on their uniform. Same thing, okay? And you see, family, since you know this, you you pretty much, you should be able to outline how they will come at you. See? Because what needs to happen, and this is the failure in large part of this country. A lot of these white people still think the police is on their side. They still think the FBI is on their side. You hear some of them say things like, well, it's the upper the upper level of the FBI that's corrupt. It ain't the, the rank and file FBI. You a damn lie. The FBI has been rotten from the bottom to the top for decades. Well, even if it was the upper part of the FBI, they the lower part take orders from the upper part. That is correct. But they're saying it ain't their fault. We they just following orders. Where have you heard that before? Uh, yeah, yeah. No. The corruption is extensive. And that's how all over this country they were setting up black men who was pissed off about remaining in a slavery, slave-oriented condition, decided to arm themselves to fight against police brutality and organize themselves, i.e. the Black Panther Party and many, many other groups around the country. And what was the FBI's response? To basically send in uh, 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 spies, right, and begin a systematic assassination of many of the African leaders in this country and around this world. Okay? And where they couldn't assassinate them, set them up and then lock them up with a fake so-called democratic justice system with fake judges just like they do in Orange Man today. That's why black people vibing with them. And you've heard me say this for years now right here on this station, family before any of this stuff took place. But this is what they do. 
And one of the things that came up out of there for me was that there is no law in this country. There's only selective prosecution. I've been saying that for decades. Okay? They put in jail who they want to put in jail. Otherwise, Hunter Biden's ass would have been up under the jail because that bastard been smoking crack cocaine since the 90s. We in 2023. Everywhere he go, he get busted with it. They kicked his ass out the military. Why? For crack cocaine. Then Michelle Obama got the nerve to make a half-hour political commercial for these bastards, talking about how Joe Biden is such a nice family man. He's just one of the most decent men you've ever met. That's because you don't know no men. You married to a faggot. Well, that might not be Michelle talking. That might be Michael talking. Whoever talking. They don't know nothing about no men because Michael got a faggot. Let's keep going. Because, see, we didn't dealt with Niger, all right? But we haven't dealt with some of the other coups. So let's go to Burkina Faso and take a look at what happened there. Burkina Faso's coup leader named transition president. Okay? This is from africanews.com. Burkina Faso's coup leader named transition president. A young army captain who led the latest coup in Burkina Faso was on Friday unanimously named interim president until elections are held in July 2024. Uh, Captain Ibrahim Traore, 34, led disgruntled junior officers in the second coup in eight months to hit the jihadi-torn West African country. Some 300 delegates from political parties, social and religious groups, security forces, unions, as well as people displaced by jihadi violence took part in a national forum on Friday. Held in the capital, uh-oh, Ogadugu, it discussed the country's future before power was supposed to return to civilians. Captain Traore has just been unanimously designated president of the transition government by the National Forum. Another junta member confirmed the move. Two weeks ago, Traore toppled Lieutenant Colonel Paul Henri Sandago Damiba. Sandago Damiba. Damiba himself had seized power only in January, forcing out Burkina Faso's elected president, Rock Mark Christian Kabori. The form adopted Article 5 of a transition charter, which stipulates that the head of the patriotic movement for preservation and restoration, as the junta chose to call itself, assumes the position of transition president, head of state, preem chief of the National Armed Forces. Traore has been head of, of that group since the September 30th coup. The form also adopted an article in the charter 
which says the transition president's mandate ends with the inauguration of a president resulting from elections planned in 2024. It adds that the transition president is not eligible to stand in presidential, legislative, and local elections organized to end the transition period. Traore did not attend the forum, but junta members Captain Marcel uh, Maida uh, read out a message from him urging national unity and peace. Quote, we must set aside our differences and write a new page full of hope, unquote. Traore called for clear directions for the construction of a strong and resilient nation, a nation that can establish security and, man, this is scary, sustainable development, unquote. Now, where you think he got that term from? See, this is why I said early on, it's going to take a little while to sort this out, but I kind of feel like there's something else beneath all of this because the coups are coming too fast, and they're all successful in too many different countries. There's something else behind this. They say one of the world's poorest nations, Burkina Faso, has a long history of coups since its independence from France in 1960. The latest is rooted in unrest within army ranks over the jihadist insurgency that swept in from neighboring Mali in 2015. Thousands of people have been killed and nearly 2 million have been displaced, and more than a third of the country lies outside government control. Traore has said Burkina will uphold a pledge that Demiba, uh, that Demiba made for a return to a civilian government by July 2024 at the latest. But like Demiba before him, Traore defended the coup on the grounds that the authorities were failing to do enough against the jihadists. Demiba fled on October the 2nd after a weekend of violent protests that also targeted the French embassy and saw demonstrators raise Russian flags. I'm going to say this again. How come the jihadis can't find the French? They're going to say, Traore had previously said he would only stay on to carry out current business. But at meetings in Ogadougou and Burkina's second city, Bobo Dialasso, Supporters were clamoring for him to be appointed to, to the top job. Captain Ibrahim Traore must fully implement the reason for which he came, said Oscar Serafin, one of his backers. Monique Cam says she came to the National Forum representing her party, the Movement for Bikino's Renaissance, in order to support and defend the vision of national unity. What we want is Captain Traore's confirmation as head of state and president of Burkina Faso, she said. He embodies renewal, a generational renewal, a break with old practices. France, a close ally, 
has watched the new turmoil with deep concern. This is before uh, the coup in, in Niger family. They say a coup in Mali in 2020 sparked friction with France and led to uh, Bamako's military entwinement with Moscow. French troops that had been fighting jihadists, jihadists in Mali for nine years, nine years, pulled out this year after the role escalated. The French ambassador to Burkina Faso, Luc Holliday, advised French citizens on Friday to limit their movements to what is strictly necessary out of concern for new protest movements. Military vehicles guarded the entry points to the conference center in the capital where the talks were held. According to a local poster, Apidon, 53% of those questions would prefer to have Traore in charge. Among his most ardent supporters, the scale of Burkina's, uh, Burkina's security crisis makes it crucial to have a military man in charge. And, of course, uh, people outside the country don't want him to be there. They don't want him to be that, but the people want him that. Well, let's go here, family. We're going to stay in Burkina Faso. We know we over. No, I go, didn't. Go ahead. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long wow. is the article? If it's not long, you can, to, can do it. Bear with my big mouth, I got <laughs> six. Wait. Yeah, I got six. Six other articles, Ben. Oh, well, we ain't got that. Why? Well, let me let me see if I can get one in. But let me put this put this on the on the tape. Military coup in Burkina Faso: the rise of coups and democratic decline. This is from uh, the Outlook India Outlook India dot com. Okay, let me go past this one. Uh, Burkina Faso coup leader defends his military takeover to the UN. Okay, this is from the Independent. dot co. dot uk. Anyway, it, it just a little bit of one line from this article, just just to show you where I'm I'm coming from here. Because see, this leads right into the uh, the the program next week in my. Uh, uh, appearance at the African Festival this Saturday, U-N-I-G-G-A, U-N nigger. All right? And uh, as I said yesterday, the only thing you in is trouble. That's all you in. It don't matter if you don't recognize it. Okay? Some of us do recognize it. Anyway, they say Burkina Faso's coup leader turned president defended his military takeover on Friday, though he acknowledged it was perhaps reprehensible and inconsistent with the United Nations values. See, he already made a fatal mistake. 
What did I say happened to every African leader that's gone before the United Nations and wasn't held in favorable, uh, a favorable light? What's happened to them historically? They always end up dead or overthrown, even Haile Selassie. All right? He went there, and he got the same treatment. All right? Now, here's and another the one. This Panther, one is, in, in, the, in the movie, the Black Panther went there, and he, he died in real life. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, because I was going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> No. (laughs) You're saying that there's a connection now, (laughs) man. He was the leader. He went to the UN. That's how it ended. Okay. Uh, Let me put these last three on there, and then I'll read from one article. Were U.S. soldiers really involved in Guinea's latest coup? Okay. This is from the AfricaReport.com. You've got to pull it up and take a look at it on your own, family. This one is titled, oh, man, this one is really good, but it's too long. Guinea has a long history of coups. So now we we're going to take a look at the coup in Guinea, right? Guinea has a long history of coups. Here are five things to know about the country. This is from the conversation. Dot com. All right. And, of course, I mentioned this one, uh, I think, yesterday, where Somalia spy chief, or last week, visits U.S. for talks with CIA, FBI, and Pentagon officials. And I just want to know how the hell does that happen when they made a whole movie called Black Hawk Down, Right. Well, they called the Somalis who were riding around with uh, automatic weapons uh, uh, configured on uh, little Jeeps. i never forget because we were following this stuff like nobody's business. They call them technicals. And so I did a form called Technically, Nigga, You in the Way. Because remember, the I forget the guy's name, the, the guy that was leading them. Remember, Bib, I pointed out that his son was being trained in the U.S. military. And his yeah. son was um, sent there to fight against his own people in yeah, Somalia. I know. Yeah. And that Jimmy Carter, close mm-hmm. to the father that was running the, 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 the technicals for decades, going back to the 70s, and had been sending him checks. All that time. But yet, they couldn't find him. But they had his mailing address to send his checks. And then they asked the son, I remember, who's he's an officer in the U.S. military. How can you go and, and fight against your father? And I don't, I don't recall, remember the response. But it just shows you the level of insanity, right? And you have a number of Somalians here now. That's what I was getting ready to say. 
Uh, I'm sorry, Ben. No, that's what I was getting ready to say. And one is the lady that was uh, one of the House of Representatives senators. Wasn't she from Somali? Yes. Yes. In the I don't honest, hear nothing from her. And you ain't gonna hear nothing from her because she been neutered. Mm. Now she knows that AOC and the rest of them ain't what she thought they was. And see, I don't like her, but she got more guts than the rest of them combined. Because you got one of them there in Michigan where last year all them men told them they don't want them Muslim men came to one of her meetings and told her they're going to get rid of her ass. Remember that? Okay, they got her earmarked for a high position in the Democratic Party. I forget her name. Yeah, All right. me too. So they gave her a high-ranking spot, and now she got quiet as a church mouth, if you know. Mm-hmm. They gave her a spot, so now she only comes out every now and then. All right? The bald-haired black woman, I forget where she's from, every now and then you hear her say something that basically adds up to nothing. Okay, but what is basically happening? Uh, they supposed to have been the rebels. They call them the squad. You never see them together anymore. You always see them one at a time, and that's because they've been told by these Zionist masters. Because that's what the the girl from Mogadishu. She's from Minnesota, right? That's what she was calling out. But Dad, I want to let the family in because we're running. Short on time. Okay, wow. Okay, let me, give, give me two minutes. Okay. Because this, this article, we got to get a little bit of this article in there. Okay, this is from uh, Pentagon doesn't know if it trained Burkina Faso. Pentagon doesn't know if it trained Burkina Faso coup leader. Responsible statecraft. This is from a responsible statecraft, okay, dot org. But it's written by one of the best writers. Uh, you can just put his name in your search engine, and you'll get some good articles because I got uh, a real good book written by him uh, that I bought. I think I may have two of his books about 20 years ago, 15, 20 years. His name Nick Terse. Nick Terse, T-U-R-S-E. Anyway, here's what they say. AFRICOM spokesperson Kelly Callahan, noting that uh, there did not appear to be any linkages between Traore and U.S. training exercises while leaving open the possibility that he could have been connected to other engagements with with the United States. You see what I'm saying, family, earlier about there's something else behind this? So all these coup leaders ain't real. Okay, now they're going to say Damiba, who fled to Togo, had taken part in many U.S. engagements. In 2010 and 20, he participated in Flintlock, an annual special operations command Africa exercise focused on enhancing the counterterrorism capabilities of West African nations, including Burkina Faso, Guinea. Mali, 
and Niger. Counterterrorism capabilities of West African nations? In 2013, the took part in an African Contingency Operations Training and Assistance course. In 2013 and 14, he attended a U.S.-sponsored military intelligence basic officer course. And in 2018 and 2019, the participated in engagements with the U.S. civil military support element in Burkina Faso. In 2020, Colonel Asimi Goita, who attended the U.S. training exercises and a joint special operations university seminar at McDill Air Force Base in Florida, headed the junta that overthrew Mali's government, stepped down to take the job of vice president in a transitional government tasked with returning Mali to civilian rule only to seize power again in his second coup in nine months. Last year, a Guinean Special Forces unit led by Colonel Mamade Damboya took time out from training with U.S. Green Berets to storm the presidential palace and depose the country's 83-year-old president, Alpha Conde. Damboya soon declared himself Guinea's new leader. So you see, family, something else is going on here. All right? To have all those coups such a short period of time, and in some cases you got two or three coups, one right after the other in the same country, That doesn't happen, okay? There's something else afoot here. And then Nick Terse goes on to start talking about, in this article, AFRICOM. We established from the beginning of, of this particular form that Obama was put in office to primarily sweet-talk the Africans as AFRICOM began to take over because the uh, head military people in this country from the Pentagon, we read this over a decade ago right here on Truth to Power with them saying that they would pull out all the stops, even if it meant nuclear war, to make sure that they maintain control of Africa. They would never let it go. Okay, now, what do you do if the Africans let your ass go? Kill all of them? If you understand the nature of America, and if you understand that Zionist thing that run it, it has absolutely no respect, none whatsoever, for the lives of anybody. Because that truly is the system of white supremacy. And some of these coup leaders are only there in blackface to do the bidding of these people. What I'm essentially saying, with them trying to push this LGBT stuff all over Africa, 
is that you got a freak in Africa. Let's let the family in, Sister Ben. I'm going to wear out. Can you hear me, Ben? I'm sorry. I had my mute on. Nine seven two three eight six. You're live. Hello, you hear me? Yes, we yes, do. Yes, sir. Family, got love. Yeah, all this sound like Avatar to me. Yes. You know they got a new movie coming out called The Creator. No. Yeah, they're going after this guy who created artificial intelligence because he also created a, a secret weapon that will end the war but also destroy the, uh, the planet. And they, they disguised the secret weapon as a little child. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, com- it's coming out in, se- the, the, I think, around about the end of September. Wow. It's called, it's That's called kind of like the, the turning a child into a monster. Yeah. Uh, almost, it sort of almost remind me of a, a pedophile, you know. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what came to my mind, my brother. Yeah, but I just thought I'd let you know that yeah, they're coming out with that. You know, yeah, how they always they, they always project what they're gonna do in movies. Yes, that but is anyway, true. That's all I had to say. Nice talking to you guys. Appreciate the, the heads okay. up, my brother. Uh, no, uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Okay, better love. Better love. Uh-huh. Let's go to 708-837. 708, you're live. Apparently. Okay. <laughs> He's probably in dreamland. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe dead to the world. Okay, so um, okay, so some of my other callers dropped off. Oh wait a minute, here it go. Okay, all right, Tuckmo. Oh, peace, man. That was bad. Peace, yeah. y'all. What's going on? <laughs> Hold that up. Love. That love. That love, I didn't hear you repeat that. Hold on, hold on. Let me fix my head, man. I was shaving. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. No, I said Bev hit me fast. That's what I said. Yeah, because oh. my other callers dropped off and you popped up. Mm-hmm. Um, man, uh, great show. Um, I wanted to say a couple things. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Gabon, did you see they had a coup today? Yeah, I mentioned that in earlier in the program. Oh, okay, okay. Um, quite convenient. Quite convenient, yeah. I think you kind of hit it on the head. Uh, in my studies of um, how um, the system of white supremacy works, it looks mm-hmm. good, and they got a, a whole other agenda really behind it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It looked like it's going your way, you know, and I'm like, hmm, yeah. you know. Um, but you know, this that did look legit, um with the president that got ousted today because he was put there by Obama 
And um, I said, oh, okay. Um, so I said, maybe this one's legit. I'm, I'm just not. Uh, do they are they taking a new approach on Africa? You know, what's what's the ultimate agenda here? Um, uh, because they'll switch their approach. You know how they yeah. deal with black people. You know, like how they switch. You know, one day they was hanging us, and the next day they gave us all the rights, but we still in the same condition. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they they have a way of let's you know let's loosen up a little bit on these niggas. You know what I'm right. saying? We're gonna get them some of their stuff back. We're gonna make them feel like they earned it. You know what I'm saying? Ultimately, yeah. we gonna make the decision, and um. You know, we get the, and I think this is all to keep, really, their plan to destabilize all those places to keep Russia and China out. Yeah. Uh, because by them doing this, uh, also with the, what's the guy named Pazenga? Um, You know, Petraeus, whatever, the, the Russian Wagner group. Pregozin. Pregozin, yeah. I wasn't sold on in doing that um, it, it just seemed too convenient you know because I'm like if he wanted to kill this dude he could have just disappeared him to the gulags whatever you know send him to Siberia you know it, it just seemed yeah it just seemed but you know I'm like maybe he wanted to send a message and, um, but you know then I'm thinking if the US did it you know, they could spin it because they've been spinning it like, you know, this damn Putin, you know, killed his, you know, who killed this guy who was a great guy. See how they made him out to be like a hero, you know, did which you kind of. Did you hear my analysis of him earlier? I probably about did. Him? I, was, I was shaving, so I had the, the, the buzzer in my ear for a while. Okay, well, try this on for size. It's very short. Mm-hmm. The... the the Ukrainians were supposed to have their spring offensive, right? Mm-hmm. And they kept they kept delaying it and delaying it because they was getting their ass handed to them, right? Mm-hmm. So they had people thinking that the spring offensive was going to come in the form of uh, uh, a Ukrainian military, the Nazis making significant gains to get some of their land back. But I kept wondering, no. They can't. They're not going to be able to penetrate them Russian uh, lines. So what mm-hmm. I came to the conclusion was, was that at the same time that they officially announced the spring offensive, that was when Prigozhin rolled into Moscow and attempted to have the coup. And Let's... all the Western people was all happy and giddy, and mm-hmm. it leaked out just a little bit. Apparently, Pogosin had been compromised by the intelligence community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I had, I had come to the conclusion that Pogosin never tried to attempt any coup. That was all put out by the Western media and some of their uh, independent operatives in Russia because some of the people I'm watching on YouTube, they're reporting it like this is a big deal, you know, Bombs are about to go off. We're here in the streets, and they showing tanks fly past. And then other people are like, "Don't pay no attention to that. This is just them moving from one side to another, you know." So it was just like a lot of, I don't know if that, you know, they could have 
that could have been their plan all along to get rid of Pogosin. You know, let's but say wait. he tried to cool and we could pin this all on Putin. You know, like, I, I, they think a lot of steps ahead. And being that my man was already in Africa stabilizing places that they need to stabilize, especially now, who do you blame for taking 50% of people's um, resources, then you got to keep tw- another 20% in their bank? You're giving away 70% of your wealth. Who do you blame for that? You got to blame them for taking that deal, man. But who running the country? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, that was a record deal. They gave them a record deal, man. You know, we keep all the publishers, the royalties, you know, you yeah. keep everything in. You get to be a star for a little while. Here you go. You know what I'm saying? But like the, that the was. Artists, but the artists still sign them contracts, don't they? Yeah, hey, you trying to get out the hood, but they staying in them the hood, except for the one who's going up in the big house. The problem with that is the people accepted that all these years until this generation finally said, you know, I guess these people will be under 30. You know why? Hell no, we not going for it. You know why? Because all of a sudden, Russia ends up making business deals in Africa through for Goldman, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they're being trained and armed properly for the first time because many of the so-called military leaders were all being trained by the United Snakes. And here's the other one little piece that you left out because I considered what you were talking about and coming to my conclusions. They shot down and killed I think it was either 12 or 20 uh, Russian military personnel on the way to Moscow. Mm-hmm. And that's a no-no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what so about yeah. France? Do you think France huh? have had anything to do with the guy disappearance? What, Who disappeared? What, what guy disappearance? The the Wagner group guy. Oh no. No, I don't, I don't no, see that's, that that's no, either the no. US or the UK. If anyone had yeah. the power in France, they they too soft. Real quick, real quick. They were just basically cutting off the loose ends. Pergozin was now a loose end after he had become a, an operative of the West. So they waxed him, the West, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to get him out. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, and that that causes a, a flip, a, a confliction with the Wagner Group in Russia. That's the right. They came out and said they have to pledge allegiance to Russia, or else, you know what I'm saying? So, um. And they not only took him out, they took out his top command with him. Yeah, he took him, took what, 12 people down or nine people? Yeah. Um, allegedly, you know, <laughs> we still ain't seen nobody, you know what I'm saying? So, but I, th- I think it was true, you know, um, but um, what could be a, a thing, because these um, young people here are a little bit more woke. 
And I think if this becomes, because I heard today that EU is sending troops into physical, they said a citizen army, into Africa to stabilize it. And that the, the EU, you know, the European Union came out today and say that. You can look that up, right? So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking to that. myself, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, if the U.S. gets involved in this, there has to be massive protests by black people. Y'all got to stay out of this. You know what I'm saying? Here, you know what I'm saying? Uh, or, or protesting the French consulates. You know what I'm saying? You, but it, it, we can't allow the U.S. to fund. You know, this, this could turn, last time this happened with France, the United States ended up in Vietnam. They True. lost control of their, they lost control of their niggas. And the U.S. Right. had to go get control of it, right? right. And you go to Vietnam today, what it look like? Look like New York. So you could tell who won the war. They would say, oh, they, yep. they lost the U.S. lost the war. I'm like, how he lost the war? It shit looked like Miami. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? It, it, looked like, it looked like Chicago. What do you mean? You know, uh, Ho Chi Minh looks just like any city in the United States that, that has a large population and a bunch of um, skyscrapers and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, right. um, so, yeah, go ahead. Man. So I want to, okay, so I, I want to uh, let someone else in. We, we're running out of time. Let me open up another okay, line here. Hold on. 804-933. Thanks for your comments, Chuck. Thanks, Chuck. I won't even watch it. I won't, I won't watch Hello? it. Hello? I think he was shocked. Okay. 757216. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, yes sir. Hotel family. Better love. Yeah. Better love. Yeah, this is uh, Vessel 2 calling from Japan again. Hi, folks. Okay, Japan. Right, right. I, I just want to come at a different angle. I, I agree with your analysis and everything you said to me it, it sounds like there's no flaw in your way of thinking but we well, know awful. that these psycho <laughs> they, these psychopaths they all have different characteristics and they all pretty much have treated their enslaved people differently so yes. the the mentality of a of a French enslaved person versus the mentality of a British enslaved person is totally different because of the master's mentality. Yeah. And the French, they have been uh, more or less trained to think that they're French. Yeah. And when they take vacations, they... The, the destination is France. That's that's where they want to go. They they're they're French in their mind. I can't, okay, I understand that, but they're they're like a one man island. Yeah. Nobody else is really messing with France. The Italians right. got the same kind of mindset as if they're not really white people. Mm-hmm. But we looking at them as all the same white people. Right. But. That's not the case because the term itself is a made-up term, and none of them yeah. get along anyway. There's a hierarchy. 
there's been a hierarchy in the white world mm-hmm. for a long, long time, hundreds of years, led by the Germans. They're, they're the most feared group of white people on the planet. Right. And the Germans landed, after the war, basically landed in the Americas. Exactly. And we, NASA, is nothing but their uh, organizations. That is correct. So with that being the case, the disconnect that we have as black people, melanated people, Africans, African Americans, is we have our enslaved mastermind to where we have no connection with anybody else. Okay. They they intentionally separated us so that way we can't come together and have the same thinking. I'm in Japan, so everybody pretty much has the same thinking because they're forced to be together. Yes, they're homogenous, yes. Right. We are so separated that... Yes, we're so separated that we don't even consider the people who look like us across the pond to be related to us, other than it's been forced down our throat that we we should accept that they are us. Yes. And I was talking to a co-worker I mentioned yesterday, he's from Congolese, and I was asking him, you know, what is the beef between the uh, British-speaking Congolese and the French-speaking Congolese? And he said, we all have European minds because that's the education, but it's the language. But everybody yes. speaks the same languages. They all speak French, English, and their mother tongues. Correct. But the French are the ones who, the French speakers are the ones who are uh, adamant of just staying glued to France. Right. And the British part of the speaking crowd, they don't want to be associated with them because they can see that going on their side is not going to get them anything but other than what France wants them to have. Right. But they don't have any financial backing from the British side. You're trying to, de- what you're describing is a mess. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that then you can correlate that to how America is set up. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. everybody in America is pretty much in their own little cliques, in their own yep. groups. But it's that's only... why. Well, Go ahead. That's why we got fifty states. That's why we got the states all cut up. Go ahead with your right. thoughts. Go ahead. You're you're correct. But we don't. We're the only ones who can't come together because we were trained to think that being separate from each other is the safest place to be. Yes. And it's only until we are forced to come together where things are going to work out in our favor. Yes. And that's only during times of turmoil. There's only been one time in my lifetime where I've seen that occur outside of the military. In the military, and I know you know this, the blacks, mm-hmm. at least when I was in there, they were extremely close to each other. So much so that you see the dapping that's going on today by a lot of the kids and the athletes and that kind of thing. That came mm-hmm. out of the military, particularly during the Vietnam era, where uh, the brothers, in recognizing that 
uh, there was a commonality between all of us, no matter which state we came from in this country, you gave each other DAP as a sign of the brotherhood because we knew we were up against it in the military. Right. And if you wasn't close enough, you nod your head. Absolutely. Yeah. It was yeah. mandatory. But, but that's that that I I believe that is the the part about America which by design they couldn't have all of us join the military. Because if they yeah. would have had all of us join the military as citizens, then we wouldn't fall for the okie doke about this person's different just because of skin color. Correct. And other countries, it's mandatory for them to go to the military. Correct. So we have this argument that I continue to hear about socialism, this, and communism, this, but in America, the biggest socialism group is the military. Yes. And when I was there, I had nothing to worry about other than when I get off this uh, clock, what am I going to do in my leisure yeah. time? But if you, you can, tell somebody you that my job takes care of everything that I need and I don't have to worry about nothing, and you don't say you was in the military, somebody would say you living good. Yes. Yeah. But that's living under socialism. Correct. So you can't tell me that socialism, right, you can't tell me socialism doesn't work when it works because only 6% of the military, I mean, only 6% of um, Americans have actually joined the military. But what you're talking about is an authoritarian system. Correct. And they, you yeah. really have no rights under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. None at all. You do what you're told, you go where you're told, you shut your mouth, or you end up in prison. Correct. <laughs> and, and majority of the Africans, they, they don't have fight in them because it's not naturally where they coming from. They they don't have any animosity towards each other, so they don't build any uh fighting mechanisms right off the bat as soon as somebody come at you sideways. They don't have that, that issue. We have that issue because we grew up in a violent circumstance. Yeah, unless you come from the African country where Islam is practiced. Right. They will fight you can go to Nigeria and ask them. Ask them Christians. Them Muslims will fight your ass tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. Go to Sudan and ask them. But that that's a different mastered mind. The the Arabs, their their mentality is different, so it makes sense. That is correct. But that and is so the when, that's the cultural part of this thing, okay? That we we can't overlook that. Because that's what gives you your orientation towards how you're going to respond to almost anything, your religious belief system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you have one. Exactly. And most of the people in the military, while they, in the U.S. military, while I'm talking about us, black people, while they would mm-hmm. claim a particular religious perspective, 
they really don't have one. They don't practice one. And there were very few brothers that I seen that went to church on a consistent basis while I was in the military. And me too. Me too. The, the military wasn't about church at all. I mean, it's a contradiction, exactly. in my opinion. I, I bet it was a That's lot right. of praying going on. Yeah, if you're out there in the bush, but, you know, in, in, others, in, in most circumstances, you ain't in that bush and you just getting sent to another base. You ain't going to no church. Not at all. And it's crazy because my father was a Bible thumper. And wow. We, we started off, well, I had no choice in the matter. We started off as Christians, came right. to Japan in 1980, and we stayed three years. By the time we left, my father was a Buddhist. Wow. So I remember going to the the Buddhist meetings, learning how to chant in Japanese and whatnot, sitting down, not understanding anything, but I, I was there. I remember that. We get back right. to the States, and um, we uh, went to my grandfather's house over the summertime, and I'm outside. I turned the corner open the gate where the garbage is at to put out the garbage and outside by the garbage can is the Buddha temple. Somebody has so threw it out. <laughs> they said my, not my, my dad threw it, it out. Father, was it? Yes, it was my dad, right? So my dad threw <laughs> the Buddhist temple out. So he so had adopted the old he had adopted the old phrase of when in Rome well, I asked him why did he throw it away, and he said because at the at the end of learning what he learned, they were telling him that I didn't he didn't need uh, Jesus, and he mm-hmm. said he just couldn't consciously let Jesus go, so he he just had to let their system of religion go. So I was like, okay, cool. But the point that I'm I'm making is. <clears throat> through that experience, I seen religion as okay. Well, I'm not going to let one religion pigeonhole me. I'm just going to try yeah. to learn as much as I can about all of them, so I can talk to anybody yeah, that right. I, I come across. So well, I took right. it as a positive. But to this day, I would not go to church with my father. And I always wow. tell him, "Look, if you want to pray, we can pray at home. Because even in your book, it says you're not supposed to pray amongst others. You're just supposed to pray one, one person, two person. If that's what the scriptures say, you know. Right. I was like, so he respects it, but I always point back to him, like, you know, it's your doing that made me who I am. So yeah. I, I'm not saying I don't believe or understand your beliefs. It's just that I'm not going to let you railroad me into something that I truly don't understand and believe. Until I understand it, then we're going to sit out here and pray, holding hands to hands, me and you. Uh, there's nothing so constant as change. Right. So in the military, no. When I was running, I got out in 97. So mm-hmm. when I was running through Asia, it wasn't about trying to go find the churches. We didn't have the the, the chaplain on the boat. Uh, nobody even knew his name. Right. Yeah, so, no, religion and, and church, there's a very few people who would do that. Yeah, I find that those things come up during particular times of need. It's like uh, when your ass is out, uh, you tend to pray. If you can maintain <laughs> yeah. control of it. 
right? Right. So that's when religion becomes unnecessary. Uh, it's like, uh, what, what do they call them, the little bags that you use in case of nuclear war, where you got your little kits and stuff like that. It's one of those kind of bags. You only pull it out when you need it. Emergency kit. Yeah. Well, yeah, so well, thank you. The, the wars. Thank you. Uh, I just want to close with this. The, the wars that is jumping off around the world now, I agree with you. Uh, I, I, for a long time, myself too, it was, I didn't like my country. And coming out of my country, seeing, visually seeing Asia, it, it just disturbed me. And I, I couldn't yeah. really take being an American yeah. and what that, what that meant. So I can totally understand what you what you mean by that. And I appreciate y'all taking my call again tonight. I will keep listening. Y'all have a good night. And I, I, I wish much peace and relaxation in your dream state. Same to you, my brother. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate you calling. We appreciate you. Yes. No problem. Seven oh eight eight three seven. Hello, hello. 708. Yes, hello. Yes. Hotel Better love. All right, how you doing tonight? I listened to the show. I, I, I kind of uh, dozed off there for a minute. Um, yeah, we know about I only it. had a couple, a, a couple of things to add. <laughs> While America throws all this money at Ukraine, I'm talking about hundreds of billions of dollars, yep. nobody's asking the question, why? Uh, is your, has your president been compromised because everything he does only works for China, Ukraine, and some of these other foreign countries, down to their green initiative where they want to ha- have everybody driving uh, electronic cars. They want to take your stoves away, your fans away. They want you to change the air conditioning system in your in your home to some newfangled mess. They don't want to keep the tried true. They're not pushing the energy because if we were energy independent, it would be a whole different thing. Matter of fact, energy independence makes us formidable. It's the way of the world, my brother. The people that control the energy can control the movement of the world. We got plenty of energy. Uh, Biden just went to uh, the Grand Canyon and he signed a bill so they can't get the metals out of the Grand Canyon that they would they would normally use to build batteries and whatnot to make their nuclear weapons. And I, I, that, that's, a, that's another thing I don't get. Who is this guy really working for? Now, I don't know why people are not asking this question. This guy's got to be compromised if he's got all these millions of dollars from our enemies. And, and that's the other thing. They want to put Trump up for treason. They know this guy's messing with the enemy. They're not. And that's another thing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this quite clear. Republicans and Democrats, because they got some some uh, Republicans that 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 are staunch Democrats, they're in disguise, and, and you know that goes down to what they say. They say one thing and they do something else. We've been infiltrated. I don't know. Because see, right now, two things that that that, that kill me. Trump said if he getting here, he's gonna fire CIA, FBI, DOJ. Just think about how many jobs he's gonna affect if he if he's able to get back in. That's why these boys. They're putting up the straight front. They got to build a wall. They can't. If he gets back in, it's going to be hell to pay. Yep. 
But guess what, my brother? We said that he should have did that back in 2016. That's one of the things we put on the table that he's going to have to do. He's going to have to create another alternative force that was going to, that would have subpoena power and the power of arrest that was going to have to be able to go in and rod all those intelligence agencies out. Well, he needs you got to remember, you remember George Soros put all these, all these, these uh, district attorneys in all over our country. And this is another thing I don't understand about America. Now, I was in the military, too. You serve mm-hmm. at the will of the president. Everybody serves at the will of the president, especially people in the military, especially the people that are politicians. They all serve at the will of the president. Now, this is just like yeah. the president being a dictator or some royalty. Yeah. This guy's getting away with murder. Nobody's calling him out for it. The media's not calling Well, the media's complicit. We're, gonna, we're just going to give that up just like that. We're not even going to talk about the media because they, they, they're the biggest part of the problem. That's why nobody knows Ukraine is getting their behinds kicked, and they keep yep. telling you they winning while they kill all them young people. See, my thing about war is, Somebody got to die. You, you don't want to go out there and be cannon fodder. I'm saying it's ridiculous. But if your philosophy is death and destruction, right? If you are engaged in and believe in eugenics, if you if you are a major uh, uh, purveyor of population control then what is one of the best ways to do population control without being criticized? War. It's all, it's all. One, of the, one of the byproducts of war is often children whose families are no longer here because they've been blew up. So you get a chance to get the children too. Well, that's that's what's going on at your border right here in America. They, they, I know. They, they, man, they, they're moving so many children that it's ridiculous. They, they, they showed a picture on the news. It, it must have been about 50 kids. They've got nobody with them. So who's taking care of these kids? Then they say they got sponsors who sponsor these kids, but they don't know who the sponsors are. All they got to do is call in 30 days and say, all right, the kid is all right. But they don't keep up with these right. kids. These kids get over here. Only goodness knows what's happening to these little kids. And remember this. I hate this. I hate to say this. But you got to go look at Jewish ritual murder and look at um, the holiday of, uh, it's called Purim. I can't say it. It's a holiday where they where they use the blood of the children. Yes. And they got encyclopedias on Jewish ritual murder. I, pull up Jewish ritual murder sometime and just read I'm through it. It'll blow your mind. It, it will blow your mind. You can't say it. It's in the Torah. But you can't yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Pernum, 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 pernum. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Man. But you can't say it. <laughs> and that goes back to all those hot Satanella where they where they have orgies with the little kids. You got cup bearers. Man, you got all kind of stuff. That's right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and the, and, and the, you know what? What you made earlier about these people knowing that Joe Biden has committed treason, Yes, they know, because they assisted him in doing so. Nothing that he did, he didn't do it in a vacuum. The NSA knows every single thing that he did. 
Well, remember this, they're trying to give our sovereignty to the United Nations. They're trying to give our sovereignty to, to the World Economic Forum. They're trying to give our sovereignty to, to foreign entities that should have nothing to do with an American. Nothing. Make sure you don't miss next Tuesdays and Wednesdays program. Set. You and nigger. Hey, look. I remember when I used to go watch Steve Copeland when I was a young man down at the Center for Inner City Studies on uh, King Drive. Yeah, uh, show you right. All the things that we used to see. I was a young man then. I'm 67 now. But the things that when he was telling us about Bilderbergers, telling us about yep. the beers, telling us about the diamonds, how these people went to every yep. country and instituted their policies. And remember, only thing you're seeing now, everything that America did all over the world, they're doing it here now. So they've, yeah. got, they've become emboldened. Plus, they're, they're in danger. Trump, Trump did three things that put him, put him in, you know, in their sights. When he told Hillary Clinton that he would lock up, if it was up to him, up to him she would be in jail, that blew her yep. mind. Then he called Ukraine, and he asked the dude in Ukraine, well, what's going on with these guys with, with Joe Biden over here? When, he, when they found that out, all out war on him. They went in that called Project 65, where they where they had people here, American people told lawyers that they could not, if they work for Trump, it's going to be hell to pay. So the, the lawyers That's that correct. Trump got now, they down for Trump. Like a bunch of lawyers quit. They wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole because it was too That's much trouble. You right on my brother. I can't, I can't I see anything. I hope they don't go to war, though, man. I hope they don't go to you war, man. You see, when you can't hire a lawyer to represent you without that lawyer being under threat of being locked up for simply representing you, duress, duress, you basically well, have no rights. But remember can, this, you, you can't anything. take away a man's right to fight, you know what I'm saying? You. That's insane. But that's what they have done. They have took away your rights and gave you privileges. That's what uh, we and what under. Because hmm? I ain't seen under them. Huh? Uh, what are the privileges? Our rights are Nobody can take your rights unless you let them. Our rights are but, but I, And that's what we're doing. We're giving it to them when we sign, and they're putting all of this stuff in these contracts. And and we a lot of times we're not reading the contracts and we're, and we thinking it's saying one thing and, and it's saying something else. But a right, for instance, is driving a car. You got the right to drive a car. You don't need no driver's license. You don't need no tags. But well, they you know give what? you the tags and the license. That's that's their privileges that they're giving to you. So if they give you a privilege, they can take it. They can control you. Go ahead, go, you know what goes with that, too? When you're mm-hmm. driving your conveyance, because it's the difference between driving a car, you're not commercial, you're not commercial, so you don't need a license. You don't really need insurance. Yeah, right. But right. if you move through the, the world like that, they're going to give you hell. Unless your tax is not for hire, no livery. And still, exactly. still bother, because remember, That's, when you register that car, you basically, anything that you register, you basically, that's privilege. Yeah. yeah. When you register your stuff, you're giving it to them. You're giving it to them. Like when you pay taxes, you're giving this money to the government. Because remember. That's violent because it's voluntary. Uh, they can't charge. Oh, all, these things, all these entities are, 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 are 
other corporations, even the District of Columbia. So the District of Columbia is not American in the state that you see, because you got to look at the flag. Whenever you see that flag with that yellow fringe on it, that's the wartime, Abbey maritime flag. That's not the flag of the United States of America. That's a whole Correct. different flag. And it has different meanings. Now we're in the law of the sea. We're not, we're not, well, the law of the sea is also the law of the Vatican, because the Vatican is the holy sea, the three city states. Yes. Not but everybody is talking about gold and silver and all of that. To me, the most precious thing is water. The most valuable thing is water. We can't survive without it. We're mostly water. Chicago, 
They they give you yeah. the, the whole deal. They tell you that they print money yeah. out of thin air. Banks don't have money. Banks don't really make loans because banks don't have money right. to loan. Correct. Uh, everything everything the bank is doing is is uh, in, uh, entries on a ledger. Now the thing that's gonna kill them is central bank digital currency. That's gonna enslave everybody. Like you guys were talking about what happened in Canada with Trudeau. That's gonna happen if these boys get to have run this digital currency. See, it's better to have gold and silver. See, because you can't manufacture that. You can't pull that out of thin air. You either got it or you don't. They couldn't pull right. up the whole world, but when your boy can put up all the money, all this fiat money, they can they can corrupt anybody. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to go back to the gold standard of some yeah. sort. Otherwise, it's gonna always be complete corruption. Remember this this uh, note that they used to call the silver certificate? Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, you could go to the bank and redeem it. You walk in and on demand. That is correct. And what did they do to it? Well, they suspended the gold standard. They they took it away. Plus, when that they is correct. when they suspended the gold standard, they took everybody's gold and silver in America and they paid them what? They paid them some modest, small amount. And then they turned around and sold it for more, and they they paid the people that they took it for. And people actually turned their gold and silver into the government because they were That's they were afraid. You right behind me, so I know you remember these things they used to have called bow dollars and and oh, then yeah. this guy. Hey, this remember guy this, what the old men used to say? Home. You always keep some iron in your pocket. Iron is gold and silver. That's right. So Nixon came along, and what did he do? Suspended the gold, supposedly temporarily suspended the gold standard, supposedly. Yes, but he took the, you used to be able to get a dime, a quarter that was all silver. Okay, when the last time you, I I was going to ask, when the last time you seen a dime or a quarter or a 50 cent piece from, because in the old days, it it was quite common for you, well, I used to work at CTA. And I would have, man, I used to collect all, I could hear that silver when it hit the counter, ding, and ring like a bell. These oh, other coins, they don't sound nothing like that. That's correct. And they replaced it with copper. The they replaced it with copper. So the nickels look like, no the, the, the coins look like they were silver on one side and copper on the other. You could literally right, right. see With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.